0: Hey guys, welcome to the show. This is the Power Element Podcast, and I'm producer Paul. All right, we have a great show lined up for you guys today, but first I want to take a moment to highlight our promotional partners. First up, Joko. Joko is a family-ran business, manufacturing high-quality, handcrafted lineman's products since 1892. They offer body belts, pole chokers, safety harnesses, bags, and lanyards, plus much, much more. Joko is a trusted brand that provides its users the confidence they need to get the job done safely. Uh, big shout out to our friend from Jelco, Cat. Uh, she's the owner. She has a great story. She was on episode four. Uh, in the meantime, go to the Instagram at JellcoSafety. Safety. Uh, next up, Milwaukee Tool. Since the company began in 1924, Milwaukee Tool has led the industry in developing innovative solutions that deliver increased productivity and unmatched durability for professional users. Milwaukee offers line trade specific tools. Some of the hot items include hostic, hostic lights, presses, hand tools, Cable cutters and much much more. Follow their Instagram at Milwaukee Tool. Need some apparel? Check out Alternating Current Line Clothing. This apparel company was established in 2020 and is line family-owned and operated. They offer tees, hoodies, hats, and just recent, recently launched tank tops for women. We are proud to have the Hitchcock family as part of our team. Head on over to their Instagram at Alternating Current Line Clothing to get the latest swag. All right. Last but last but not least, working athlete. Set your workforce up for success by giving them the proper nutritional foundation they need to need to be productive, efficient, and on top of their game. Working Athlete offers hydration, uh, hydration, energy, and nutrition products to help workers perform at the highest level. Working Athlete is proudly made in the USA. I'm currently using the products. Uh, just had some brute force protein this morning. It's delicious and uh, it's it's awesome. It's good stuff. Super impressed. All right, go to the Instagram at Working Athlete. Check out the websites. WorkingAthlete.com or WildernessAthlete.com. Use promo code PowerElement to get twenty percent off at checkout. All right, we got a great guest, Tony Bravo, Journeyman Lyman, bladesmith. Just recently won Forged in Fire, a uh, great show. Um, Tony, 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 just he's, he's he's very charismatic. Just has a great energy. Does a great job talking about the trade. He's super passionate about it, and uh, just coming from a bladesmith perspective, he's just super, he's knowledgeable just from the short time he's been doing this. And uh, it's, it's great to see him uh, share his passion on Instagram and uh, just talk about it with Roel. So it's a good time. It's a good episode. Uh, before we did the show, before we get to the show, I wanted to thank Sturgeon Electric California and the entire Sturgeon workforce for making this podcast possible. All right, guys. Thank you. and Enjoy the show. Episode
1: 7. What's up, boss? Here we are. Yeah, hot.
0: It's hot, huh? Middle of summer. You got a little tan going. Baby oiled up. <laughs> Baby oil? What was it coconut? No, okay. it's, it's coconut butter. Coconut.
1: <laughs> Welcome to the Power Element Podcast. This is episode 7. Man.
0: Where, yep.
1: we, where we have nice tans.
0: Nice tans. <laughs> hey, we're getting, we're getting uh, it's coming a little, a little natural, more natural for us. I think. What do you think? i'm surprised we're still on air actually yeah
1: <laughs> pulled the plug <laughs> yeah oh, sure. we haven't pulled the plug just yet anyways i'm excited about today um wow what about our last guest uh episode kelsey. six with uh, kelsey uh, yeah
0: kelsey was great she's got an amazing story if you have listen uh kelsey sharon uh from brass and unity episode six give it a, give it a check out she's she's blowing up right now she was on Jocko's a day after us and and she's just uh she's just she's got a great story just
1: a tremendous story yeah. um the product, her company, her movement, what she does for all our veterans out there is just remarkable. Yeah, I agree. You know, and she's a great person. And Brady, shout out to Brady and, and Kelsey.
0: Yeah. Like.
1: Anyway, she had a message, and if I, I'd like to share it with you. Let's go. Just so we can get this show going. Um, we have a great guest today, and I want to get to that. But but first, um, you know, Kelsey had a great message, and she said she likes to surround herself with elite level of people that put in the work, have a strong work ethic, and and do whatever it takes to get it done. I'm just talking about the job, getting it done. Got it. And
0: what do you think about that? Always, uh, what do they say? Surround yourself. If you look at the five pe- people you surround yourself with, you're closest, spend the most time with, and that's where you're going to be in your life. So, elite, having elite friends, elite mentors, yeah. elite coworkers, uh, you're setting yourself up for for good things.
1: Yeah, and I like when you know when you do surround yourself with those type of people, they're typically winners. Right. They're winners and you really it really builds yourself up. And then
0: when you get to that elite level, you cannot help but bring other people up. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. Uh, looking out for each other's best interests, doing good things and uh, you guys are gonna work off each other. Uh, it creates a good bond too, if you're on the same page. You you lose some friends and but you gain some, some good ones. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and you know, Michael Jordan had a, a great quote, and I'm
1: just gonna read it and when we talk about winners and we talk about, you know, what it takes to win. I mean, you gotta work hard. Right, I mean, you gotta be able to put it, put in the work. So Michael Jordan said, and "I'll just read it." I've always believed that if you put in the work, the results will come.
0: You know, and it, it, there's, there's true, there's a lot of truth in that. You, I, you can, you can dissect that a little bit. Mm-hmm. You can uh, cut that up of, uh, with a knife, if you will. Yeah, well. with a knife. Yeah, absolutely.
1: We'll we'll cut that up. <laughs> cut that up a little bit, but, but, uh, <laughs> which,
0: is, which is a great segue into
1: our our first our first guess. What are we, episode one again? No, don't go back there. No, Let's <laughs> not go back there. Our next guest, which I'm super excited to, uh, to introduce, but before I do that, he had a quote. He was recently on a pretty popular show, and I dug it. I've known this guy for a long time. Um, I'm going I'm to read it. He probably doesn't even remember, but I'm going to go ahead and read it to him. And it was at the end of the show, and he says, Whatever you want to do, go out and do it. Just be the best at it. Tony Bravo.
0: Yeah, great quote. Great quote. <laughs> great
1: quote. And, it, and it leads right into our show. We want to talk about being winning, you know, being winners, yeah. surrounding ourselves with winning people, but putting in the work to become winners. You it's know? hard work. And, and I, know, I know this man for a long time, and he's put in the work. You know, he's, he's definitely put in the work, and especially here in his most recent, recent accomplishment, you know, he's, he's done an excellent job. He's a father of two, uh, he's a journeyman lineman of 20 years, um, he's a professional bladesmith which is super cool yeah um he's a, he's our true winner our real true winner he's the forged in fire champion and a good buddy of mine for a long time <laughs> i can't even remember when we met
2: so i'd like to introduce to the show tony bravo welcome thank you thank you brother it's such an honor to be here with you guys i'm super excited just to share with you guys and um and i can't we see the studio I think the studio is awesome, bro. Everybody I, loves the studio, Tony. I will t- tell you what, man. I used to, little lone fact about Tony Bravo. I used to, I used to rap right around circa 2000. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, oh, we had man. our own little studio just before line work started. Just before really? line work started, I had to quit. I had to quit the whole the whole scene because of line work. So. You gonna drop a beat right now? <laughs> drop a beat. I was just gonna ask him. No, that. no, no. Just don't, drop go, a beat. don't go dropping beats right now. <laughs> but yeah, maybe later. Reminds me of the old studio that, I throw a little shout out to Vic Young. He was he was part of the part. Vic of the group. Young was part of the group. Oh yeah, he was. He was the main producer. Come on now.
0: Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> we could get into that a little bit later for sure. Tony's got the perfect rap name though too. It's
2: like, and that's what it was. It was Tony t- Bravo straight yeah. up. Tony, Tony B. Did, yeah, yeah. You don't have to mess with it. No flair. It's <laughs> already Hollywood. It's already Hollywood.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I want to get into the show, but you know, Tony, I've known you a long time. You know, you're a good buddy, like I said, and I know I know your family, and you know, we've grown up together in the trade, and. I've seen you you know grow up too as well and you know here we are um but i really would like to start from the beginning if we could you know i want to start from the beginning with you and you know you're you know growing up you know how you got in the trade and you know what makes you a forging fire champion today as
2: as a winner oh for sure brother it all, you know yeah. what it all started when i was in high school actually um one of my best buddies his uh his dad was a lineman mm-hmm. and uh, he all asked us it was a group of three of us you know including vic and uh, he says, uh, what do you guys want to do when you get out of high school? I said, well, I'm going to go to college. What high school did you go to? Went to F- Fontana High, Faux High. Faux high? Yeah. That's when we were a powerhouse back in the day. Did you play sports? I did, but I didn't play football for them. Mm. You know, I was busy making money, you know. Wish I would have, but let's not talk about that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Believe we'll I, that. I 11. wish I would have, yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, um, yeah, so he asked us, hey, what do you going to do? What do you want to do when you get out of high school? And we said, well, we're going to go to college. Mm-hmm. That was the plan. And um so I started college and Vic started college. Actually Vic played football. He took off to Florida to go play football and the question came back up again when we were twenty three years old, I think. You guys done with what you're doing? What are you guys gonna do with your life? Mm-hmm. And then boom. what college did you go to? I went to Chafee College. To Chaffey. Here in Ranch Cucamonga. Um, mm-hmm. And then um, you know, life was taking taking course. So, you know, I had my first daughter. Um and and then the question came up again. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. I said, well, Stan, what do you got? And, he, you know, we started talking about it. We went and signed the books. And up north is where I went, you know. and Just signed the books. That's where it started, you know. And, and the, the three of us, it was a group of three of us, we all took off. Different directions. And uh, we're grunting out there, you know. and How long did it take you to clear out? You uh, books. did you was, live there for a while did it you, was pretty quick man Bugs we were moving we cleared out in about two weeks it was a different time so you got your you had your class a had a class a ready had to had rock it. and roll ready yeah to go. clear it out and uh, I'll tell you a little funny story i was working for uh i was working in uh, azusa and uh we're digging holes right as a groundman mm-hmm. and i'm brand new to the trade man i don't know nothing <laughs> You know, I'm just digging holes in Azusa. In in Azusa. So for all our listeners, describe the area in Azusa. Azusa, you got mountains. Well, we're in the Azusa Mountains. So we got, uh, it was an old fire job and we're building a whole new line, you know, trying to get it all back up. And Mm -hmm. my job was to dig holes. That's all we got. So anyway, and it was a holiday time, you know, and I'm new to the trade and the guys, uh, it's right before Thanksgiving. Lyman are leaving, going home, going to go spend some time with their families. Perfect time to lay off a couple guys, you know. So anyway, we're sitting there at safety meeting and uh old Rod Peterson comes through and uh <laughs> he starts uh handing envelopes out and stuff and ran to the trade. No no clue what's going on. We're having our safety meeting, he shakes our hands, says, Man, you guys have been doing a great job. I really appreciate your work, you know, this and that. I open up my envelope, I see two checks in there, right? And I'm like, Hey and I I Nudge the guy next to me. I said, "Dude, we just got a bonus, bro. What's going on, man?" <laughs> <laughs> he says, "You dumbass, we just got fired." What are you talking? I said, "What do you mean?
1: <laughs> My first job? What are you talking about?" Bro, yeah. Oh man, it was that's ridiculous. hilarious! Hilarious. Merry Christmas! You know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so that was your first job. That was the very first job. How long man. did it last? Uh, probably about three months. Three, three months. months. Yeah, and after that, it was all twelve forty-five up north. So you just so how long did how long were you a grunt? I was a grunt for seven months. Seven months. Yeah, and then I got in the apprenticeship. Yeah. So you just
1: applied, or was there was there always a opportunity, or is that where you wanted to go as being an apprentice? Yeah, it
2: from, was from, from the get one? go, from the day one. It was you know the goal was to be a lineman. Okay. You know if we're gonna okay. we're gonna go we're gonna go all the way right. Mm-hmm. And, and you're uh,
0: still young, Tony. You're twenty three, twenty four. I was
2: twenty four when I got in the trade. Yeah, yeah. twenty four. I'm, I'm forty six now. So. Yeah. Yeah. So you. Um, Describe that. Describe your first apprenticeship and how you, how you got into the apprenticeship. Describe that a little bit. So yeah, the apprenticeship. I mean, you know, you show up and uh, I came straight from work. I was working in Carson, mm-hmm. um, and I went straight to straight, first step apprentice. Yeah, straight to Lymanite, Went for my interview, and you know, I was asked a simple question. You know, mm-hmm. why do you want to do this? And I I told him straight out, and that was being completely honest. You know, my dad's my dad works with his hands. You know, he builds motors. He mm-hmm. works on cars. And he puts out a good product. Yeah. And I said, you know, I've learned a lot from my father, you know, how to work with my hands. And this is perfect what you do. for what I want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, this is this is what I'm good at. So you're first generation then. First yeah, generation, first generation right? lineman. Yeah. Yeah. And been around um, building, building motors. Yeah, I've been, I've been in the garage with my dad my whole life. Even though yeah. when I didn't want to, man, I'd be trying to sneak by and he'd be under the car and I don't know how he saw me. And it was like, hey, get over here. And I was like, <laughs> damn, I got to call my buddy and say, I can't go. You know? Yeah pops yeah. got me holding a ha- flashlight for like
1: three hours <laughs> i think i think those times working with my old man were, were some of the best times
2: you know? No, know definitely definitely i learned you know, a lot learned i learned a lot, a lot. Right? yeah i still work on my own cars you know whatever i can you know yeah. today's cars are getting so Different. electronic but what you can do i do you know yeah what were some of the what were some of the values you think you got from your old man oh man definitely just a work ethic A work ethic a work ethic my dad my dad is uh, he still hasn't retired He's got to keep moving, you know. I mean, he's getting ready to retire because he's really enjoying. Is he, is he still wrenching on cars, or what's he doing? Oh yeah, no, he's still that's, wrenching on cars, man, man. That's awesome. Yeah, wow. My dad is. Uh, I he'll hope he be, has some help. Oh, he doesn't need it, bro. He does it all himself. He does it all himself. He's he'll be seventy here coming up in November, so oh. and he don't give up, man. My dad, dude, my dad. You got to see a picture of my dad, dude. He's got arms. He's got. He's fit. He looks good. He he looks real good. <laughs> that's you know? awesome and, and, 70 and, year old and he doesn't have gray hair bro and we couldn't figure that out for a long time you know i was like man what's going on with pops and then i saw it the other day and i was like hmm. yeah i saw some gray hair i was like okay dude's doing something yeah i mean <laughs> it's that, that motor oil yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's he's that weight, yeah he's right. got 30 <laughs> weight he's got 30 weight on his head <laughs> yeah.
0: take those greasy dude, hands and run i mean in, i'm in my yeah.
1: 40s and my hands hurt sometimes you oh, know yeah, i don't know if it's because i'm Typing in office job probably, but you know you get uh, to the, you get to that spot where,
2: you know your hands just hurt. Oh, for so, sure, man. And, and and I think about that. I think about my my pops. You know he's bent over a hood of a car, dude. I that's I hard. can't do that, man. My yeah. shoulders are are beat up. I I get under a car and try to hold my hands up to do some, dude. I gotta put the arm down because the shoulders giving out. You yeah. know it's crazy. You yeah. know and he's still doing it. Yeah, it's pretty tr- cool. This trade was hard on our
1: bodies. You know, and I I think that's very respectful to your to your old man. You know, yeah. still working, still wrenching, still enjoys it.
2: Where's he where's he live where's he from? Where are you guys well, originally from? My parents are originally from Langostura, Michoacan,
1: mm.
2: Mexico. Yeah, and I'm first generation born here. Mm-hmm. Um, they came over here I want I want to say 69 or 70s so right around there. Straight to California? Straight to California, straight to mm-hmm. Long Beach, California. Mm-hmm. 17th Street in Sherman. Mm-hmm. Shout out. Shout out. Yeah. <laughs> the LBC. <laughs>
1: What's up Snoop? Yeah. Yeah. Snoop. <laughs> right? right. Yeah, so talk about some of the values again. So hard work ethic. I yeah. mean, obviously, obviously, he started his
2: business from the ground up. Yeah, no, my pops, man. Um, you know, mm-hmm. my early years, what I remember from my dad, you know, because mm-hmm. he started out as a, he used to build furniture. That's where my dad started out okay. when we lived in Long Beach. He he started out building furniture, just straight straight out. And um, he wanted to do more, and so he got into the automotive trade. And I remember this so clearly. I'm like nine years old or eight. My dad got burned by a coolant, by hot radiator, radiator. water, right? Uh-huh. He was laid out for a while. His whole backside was just burnt, right? Mm. Bad burn injury. Just, just radi- radio exploded or something? Yeah, and I still remember it.
1: Mm.
2: And um, he took an apprenticeship with this mechanic, this Argentinian man named Segundo. And I still remember the man's name. He was an old man. And uh, my dad worked for that man. For a long time, for free, just to learn the trade, learn how to build engines mm-hmm. and do that. And I remember that, dude. And it was a yeah. struggle because you're a kid, you know, my parents always provided for us, dude. I never was out of nothing, but we didn't have a lot. Right. But in my eyes, we had everything. You had everything. You right. Needed. You know what I mean? You had everything you needed. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I do remember that. Mm-hmm. And um, that's where he learned. He learned from this Argentinian man named Segundo. Wow. And it was, it was pretty cool. And that's where it all started. Just kind of like, a like a apprenticeship type, it, it, it was, not getting paid though. That's exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. We, we, got, yeah. we got paid, but yeah, he didn't, he <laughs> yeah. didn't, you know, and it was, wow. you know, so that, that tells you the determination he had, you know, yeah. to move forward, you know, and I, le- I learned a lot from him and I continue to learn from him, you know, yeah. every day, my old man, the same way, you know, I don't know if he's going to listen to
1: this, but yeah, I still learn from him today and mm-hmm. you know, the, the work ethic to work hard, I mean, I I mentioned it at the last podcast too. Like I didn't, we didn't get paid when we were working with them and me, my brothers. You know, you you learned a skill, you yeah. learned a trade, you learned something, and that's how you got paid.
0: But they understood that that yeah that skill and I was, okay was going to feed it. you yeah. later in life. Oh these, yeah, these values are going to feed you later in life and provide you.
1: Yeah, and, and my dad today still still works hard. You know, he, I mean, if I call him right now, he'll be there for me. You know, and that's the person I want to be. Yeah, you know, no, if, for sure, that's daughter, a great thing. Man. You know, I mean. If i needed something right now I'll call him he'd be there it could be the it could be the most difficult task and he would do it you know no questions asked because i'm his son you know wow um let's talk about your first uh job as a lineman so you got through the oh, apprenticeship yeah. obviously you did great got through
2: it yeah dude actually so. you know it's good that you asked that because <laughs> you know i had no idea what you guys are going to ask me but the first yeah. my first call as a lineman was up in atalanto and that's oh. for people that don't know, that's the high desert out here in California. And it was for you as a tumbleweed tech. Yeah, <laughs> that's where that's at. So it was for you. And yeah, I remember crazy. I still remember the call. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that you asked because. Uh, was I a foreman? Oh, no, you, you were the GF. GF the And uh, the crew was Barker. <laughs> Devin, Shout out to Fred yeah, and, and Devin. And Devin and yeah. Lacey Williams. Oh, my God. Look at that crew. All okay. those guys. Solid. Check solid this out. Dudes. So I show up on the crew, right? Yeah. And uh, Freddie Bark comes up to me and he says, how uh, oh, have you been a lineman? I said, you're in luck. I'm brand new. He goes, no, you're in luck because you see that kid over there and he's pointing <laughs> to Devin. And he says, it's his first day as a hot apprentice <laughs> and you're going to take him up in the air. And I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> That's awesome.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. That sounds exactly like Freddie. That dude, was this day. my
2: first day as wow. a journeyman lineman. Was taking Devin up. And I think we, if I remember correctly, we changed out a Transformer. And I still remember the day pretty clearly where. Who was the foreman? It, it was Williams, Lacey. Oh, Lacey was the foreman. Yeah. That's right. Lacey, Lacey, Lacey was, was, the, was foreman. the foreman. Yeah.
1: That's right. Wow.
2: Yeah. And I, and I remember not saying a lot when Devin, I had Devin up there. And I remember not saying much. Yeah. And uh, he goes, What do you want me to do? I was like, I'm sorry, bud. I, I totally forgot about you. And it, you know <laughs> I'm just doing my work. <laughs> I was I was so worried, you know, I was so worried, yeah. man. It was my first day as a journeyman lineman and here I am with the first day hot apprentice, you know. Yeah. It was but yeah, and then and since then Devin and I have been You guys still good, talk. Yeah, we'll oh, still yeah. Talk. Devin's friends, awesome. You know? He's a great guy. He did great, great on the podcast. Yeah, he did. He did an awesome he did, job. He did an yeah. awesome job. Yeah.
1: I mean, he, he's he got such just, just talent. I mean, he's well-respected in the trade. Oh, for sure, So you man. did well with him. You started him off first. Hey, there you I go. Hey, to-
2: you know, check it out, man. Right? <laughs> Shout out to Tony. Now he's doing these
1: crazy <laughs> Metro West poles. You right? Know? He's kicking I mean, butt out there. Kicking dude, butt. I
2: mean, people aren't just, you know, volunteering for those poles. Oh, no, I man. guarantee you that. That is a tight crew that he's got. Those crews that he's got out there? Yeah. You know, those guys are tight, man. They are. They're safe.
1: Oh, yeah. Efficient, you know. They got they got synergy. I talked about it on the podcast. They they just get along, you know. Right, right, Paul. Yeah, it's good work. They they do a good job. So, thank you for your your leadership with Devin (laughs) as a paying it forward, (laughs) (laughs) paying it forward. Right. You guys probably still talk about that day. I bet.
2: You know what we 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 don't. don't know. know. yeah, we don't. We don't. You know, I see him not too long ago. You know, yeah. And we just bullshit,
0: you know. I think it's a day you never forget the the your first day as a lineman. Yeah. With a hot apprentice. You're like, mm,
2: all right. So
1: what's kind of crazy is uh, we got Lacey came to the company mm-hmm. here recently. Okay. Lacey Williams. I just took a call. Wow. Check it out. At, showed up there at Sturgeon, and I said, look at this. <laughs> I haven't seen him in years, you know you know, for all listeners, everybody here in the studio today, like we were the high desert mafia. I mean, <laughs> it was me, Lacey, Mike Couts, right? We all just, that's all we did. It was three to two riser nation for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of the work at the time, you know, it was <laughs> a bunch of tracks and, but yeah, we had a great time. Wow. Um, yeah. So some of the feelings from with, you know, being, being with a brand new apprentice oh, as yeah. a journeyman, I mean, it happens all the time today. I mean, we get inexperienced guys, you know, doing complex jobs and it's an interesting, uh, it's interesting, but obviously you did you did well.
2: I I hope so. You know, <laughs> I I really do. You know, I mean that's yeah. a one of my passions is it, it is it's teaching. It's teaching, man. Yeah. I lo- I love to teach. You know, mm-hmm. hey, if I'm if I'm talking to you and I'm teaching you, yeah. You know, my first words are going to be I I want you to be better than me. Yeah, that's what I want to do. That's my intent for you to be better than me. That's like number one in my book, man. Yeah, you,
1: and, know? you know, a good journeyman. I you're right, and you know, for everybody listening to like that's something that. I I think we got to get better at, you know, it's taking the time to help our apprentices and and grow them and mentor them because we're not all born professionals and winners and, you know, leaders. Like it takes, it takes time. It takes, you know, effort. You know, you got to put in the work to see the results of a good apprentice. And I guess that's kind of what our show is going towards too, is, you know, is if you want to see somebody benefit and, and, and be, you know, successful in our business, you got to help them.
2: Absolutely. Take the time. Yeah and, and we live in a different world now. Yeah. You know, we mm-hmm. we totally dif- live in a in a different world where it's fast paced. It, it's yeah. fast paced and um not everyone's a teacher, but everyone has the ability to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not not everyone was right off the, right out the gate can just say hey, like I'll take this kid on and I'm going to show him everything I got. Yeah. Cuz it takes patience, you know, and you got to learn all that stuff, you know? I mean, dude, I, and I'll tell you this for first-hand experience. I got a 7-year-old right now. Uh, he's eight years old, and if anyone's been on my instagram um Chris right Chris Chris yeah. is learning a lot. Chris asks about five to ten questions every five minutes, mm-hmm. and he usually hangs out for me for about an hour a day. That's a lot of questions, okay but that's he's not he he tries to finish my sentences sometimes when I'm trying to teach him something. <laughs> And it's not because he's a know-it-all. It's it's a natural thing that he's doing. He's so excited to learn that he wants to showcase what he knows, right? Yeah, yeah. Whether it's right or wrong, he wants to showcase what he knows. And and I think we get that with some apprentices, you know, like we call them, oh, you're a know-it-all. I don't need to teach you nothing. I don't think it's that. I think he's excited. Excited. He's excited to tell you what he knows, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and as, a, as a leader and a, and a journeyman teaching this kid, you got to understand that he's just all about it, man. He wants to tell, you. he wants to go and showcase yeah. everything he's got. Yeah. He's eager. He, he's yeah. eager. Yeah. yeah. So you yeah. got to understand that, you know. And you got to, you mm-hmm. know, you got to know how to how to gauge your attitude with that yeah. and say like, okay, that's cool, but here, here, it, right now, I'm going to teach you this, yeah. and this is what you got to listen to. And we just got to be patient, man. You got to be patient. Everyone has the ability to teach, and, the, and I, it, I truly
1: believe that. And the second part of that too is, you know, taking the time and being a good leader is asking good questions too. Absolutely. And making sure that the apprentice retains it as well. You know, it's, it shouldn't be questioned just one way. Just make sure you follow up. Oh, yeah. You know, just make sure you follow up and ask some questions. And, and a good apprentice will ask questions, too. You know, he'll say, I don't know, when it's time to say, I don't know. Yeah. You know, right? you
2: know it mm-hmm. relationship. You got to have a relationship with your apprentice. You know, you got you to gotta know him. You know, this none of this, you know, like, let him go do his own thing. Hike up that pole by yourself. Mm-mm you got to be up there with him, you man. be hands-on gotta be hands-on you got to be talking to him you know show him that you trust him you know when it's time for him to get hands hands-on you know get on the conductor yeah. you're right there with him man he's gonna he's gonna appreciate that and it's gonna go a long way
1: yeah i sure. agree with that like some of the some of the best guys i worked around apprentice linemen just coming up through the trade were hands-on they took the time to get up there and show you how to do it you know yeah. i think nowadays a lot of guys like stay on the ground and you know, holler up and that's, that's, there's some value in that. Don't get me wrong, but I think the best value is when you're right there with them working through those, those problems
2: together. Well, right? dude, I'll tell you what, I, I showed up on a job mm-hmm. one time and, um, had an apprentice up in the air and I told the journeyman, I was like, Hey Ben, um, you know, like, Hey dude, he it looks like he's having a hard time. Why don't you go up there? You know? And he's like, no, he's got it. He's got, it, he's got to learn. I said, I'll trust with what you got going right now. So I'll just hang out. Right. Mm-hmm. So the journeyman, he keeps, uh, Yelling up, you got to do it like this. You got to do it like that. You got to do it like this. And the apprentice, this is what he said, bro. And this is classic. And, and and I don't recommend this to apprentices, but this is what he said. <laughs> he said, uh, he goes, damn, you sound like you know exactly what you need to do. Why don't you come up here and show me? <laughs> <laughs> no. But, and I, and I said, I go, you see my point, bro? You got to go show them, you yeah. know, but yeah, don't recommend that to an apprentice. <laughs> but uh,
1: I got but, a good one said to me one time, same kind of thing. I don't recommend it as well. And I was telling the prince, why is that taking so long, right? And he tells me, well, if you don't like this speed, you won't like the next one. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've heard that one before. Yeah, i got two and speeds, man. Yeah, that's, you know what? He's right, you know? Dang. <laughs> yeah. Throttle down. So, and let's fast forward a little bit. So, you went to, uh, you got the alignment. I mean, when was, when was your first foreman job? Do you remember that? When My you first started being a leader and running a crew? First
2: foreman job, I...
1: You were there once again. <laughs>
0: Man, you were there I, once I'm again. I'm teeing it up because I yeah. want
1: people to know our how deep our roots go. Yeah, you were.
2: It was at, at a Live Oak. <laughs> at a Live Oak. At a mm-hmm. Live Oak. Yeah. Um, Different company now. I took. I took uh, Troy's crew. Uh, Harris. Harris. That's right. Yeah, I took that's Troy because right. Troy took off back to Oregon. I think. Mm-hmm. I think it was where he's from. Oh, Oregon wow. or Washington? I forget. Washington might might be Washington. Yeah. yeah so I he took right off, Washington. and I, I took the crew, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I was there until I went down to. Uh, it wasn't very long. I didn't. There was some complex work out of that yard too. It wasn't. Easy. Oh no, Live Oak was a, one of those yards that uh it was backyards. It, it, was, it was all backyard. You know, it was tough. It, it was. It was. It was yeah. a good yard to learn. Yeah, rigging. to learn a lot, a yeah. lot of rigging. Absolutely. Um, and I remember getting those first packages and running to the truck because I didn't want to be seen with them. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't dig too much being a foreman. You know. Yeah. It was just <laughs> like <laughs> I remember grabbing those packages and yeah, running you were a for.
1: Probably at least five years or so. Yeah, I
2: didn't take a crew. I I didn't take a crew till after five years. Yeah, I kind of just set that for myself. Yeah. Well, that's that's a lie. That's a lie (laughs) because you conned me into into taking a crew for uh, for a little bit for for uh, for Bob. (laughs) That's right. He was going on vacation. You. I don't call it conning. Nah, because, persuading, persuading. Yeah, because yeah. we made a deal. I said, I'll get you back down to Mariloma closer to home. If you take this crew for a couple of weeks while he's on vacation. That's right. And That's I had, right. a, and I'll tell you what, I had a tough time <laughs> because I had a 20 and a 22 year lineman. I had Pollard and I had snake snake. You remember him? Oh yeah. With the long
1: hair. Oh yeah. The long hair.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> I got two guys that I are how he's doing 20 now. He's years. Good old, good old man. 20 years yeah. plus lineman. Yeah. And they're looking at me going, what do you want me to do now? Mm mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, man, I said, you guys know exactly they're, what they're doing, doing it on purpose. Oh, yeah. They, they were in they, were, <laughs> they had it in for me. And I was like, I yeah. will never do this again. But I'm going home. So it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do it. So it wasn't much of a persuasion. No, no, no. There I was, mean, you there, there, there was a uh, yeah, there was a benefit. There was yeah, a benefit yeah. at the end you of the sacrifice a little yeah, bit, but you invested.
1: Sure. You know, in the long term because you got closer to home. Yeah, no, no that, that is true. <laughs> that is true. That was pretty interesting. So then obviously I'm going through your career because I want our listeners to know that, you know, you've been in the trade a long time. You've come up through the through the ranks, um, general foreman. I mean, now, now you work for a utility. Yes. yes you were sir.
2: outside. I think you were outside line for 11 I was, years. I was outside for about 10 years. 10 years. And then mm-hmm. I've been at the utility now for 11 so wow, okay, and wow, you, and you, yeah, you went over for the utility as just as a lineman, as a lineman or a I supervisor. Or? And I came in as a lineman to the utility, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, how was that shift? It was um, it was definitely outside line to the utility. It was um, it was definitely a culture shock. Um, and I and I and I chose a district that uh, that was a metro district with a lot of city work, a lot of a lot of backyards, a lot of old stuff, a lot of uh, you know, congested poles. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I took that only because, you know, I, I still wanted to be challenged, right? I didn't want right. to do a rural district or anything like that where the work is easy. Mm-hmm. But um. But did I came? But did you have a choice? Did I what, did have a choice. You have I, a choice to what? I had, I had a choice district? of. Uh, Victorville, mm-hmm. which is the high desert out here in California, yeah, and Montebello, and then I also had Redlands oh, to Redlands. choose from. Okay, yeah, so mm-hmm. so went to Montebello. I chose Montebello, even though it was the furthest from the house. Mm-hmm. I I, I like that type of work, so right. I took off to Montebello, and um, I came in with a couple contractors, mm-hmm. a group of contractors, and uh, and I remember at, at the very beginning, was Vic with you too at the time. Yeah, Vic was with me, yeah. Vic was with you, right? Yeah, and shout Mikey. Out to Vic. Yeah, shout out to Vic and shout out to Mikey Perasca. He what was up? out there so too. So, yeah. the guys
0: you still were rapping with? Did the guys have been just kind of growing in the career? Yeah, together? yeah, yeah man. we're still moving. Crazy, we're still right? moving. That's yeah. That's
2: crazy. That's awesome. So awesome. And uh, yeah, we took off to Montebello and uh it was it was it was cool, you know. Um yeah. but definitely a culture shock because uh obviously there there's different methods, there's different cultures between right. the outside construction and utility. A lot of different stuff that you do and how you work and uh, different protocols but I think that gap is getting it, it's getting bridged it, it's getting bridged for yeah, sure absolutely from the training side oh yeah man it, it, it's a different yeah, world now it's Di- different it's a different world where before I, mm-hmm. I, we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. we used to hate each other and which is crazy because it's a yeah. brotherhood but we for whatever reason we didn't like each other contractors did not like utility and utility didn't like the others it was like that forever it, it was crazy yeah. you know I mean you couldn't go in a yard and and, and, and mingle it was like, you stay over here and you guys stay over here. And it was always the farthest corner of the yard. Oh, yeah. You park. Yeah, you know what? And, yeah. and, and
1: so- <laughs> you never got anywhere close to the to the main building. No, you did. And if man. you did, you knew about it. You, yeah. You heard about it, I guess. Oh, for me.
2: sure. Yeah. Like, what's this guy doing over here? Right. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I was telling you guys earlier, I got a hot dog one time and they were all over my ass. You know? I said, I'm going over there to get a hot dog. They're, they're yeah. barbecuing hot dogs over yeah, there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So
1: on, yeah. So on storm work, you know? We would, you know, go out to the utilities and, you know, just mob the whatever food there was there. Yeah, like, <laughs> drinks, whatever, you know. And there was, it was was always frowned upon. But now it's different. Yeah, now the it's culture totally is different. different. It's it's open arms. It's any district you go to, if you know, if outside line contractor takes a call out, it's whatever you need. Yeah, what can absolutely. I do to help you? Thanks for coming out. You know, it's yeah. a different relationship. And I think, I think certain leadership has fixed that.
0: When do you they think they bridge that? How you know? how how long ago was this change? You think within. Oh,
2: uh, dude. Last five, six five years? years. I was going to say five years. Five, six I've, years I has really changed, really changed a lot. It's really changed. I
1: think, you know, I think some of the, I'll, I'll just say sourcing agreements have done that. Nice. You know, people stay in the area, the same area. Yeah. Because when, when I was coming up, you know, and you, you were, what's the next job? You, you're here for three weeks. Right. No, absolutely. you know, you're lucky. You're lucky to get 40 hours, you know, oh, we're going to work 50. That was a blessing wow, you're going to pay me 10 hours of double time? You know, it was one of those types of jobs. And then when then deregulation hit and there was a time where, you know, where everybody traveled to Arizona and tried to get whatever whatever we could do just to put food on the table.
2: Yeah. Did, were you one of the guys uh, as an apprentice that had to go to Arizona to get their no, time?
1: No, I actually I actually got lucky. And I actually got one of the 40-hour jobs up in Irvine removing asbestos off the pole. Oh, gosh. And that was a good job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'd fly in, they'd fly us in, and we'd have to take all the asbestos wrap. Well, you know, the asbestos contractor would take it off from the ground. Right. And then we would go from, you know, the highest point they could up, and we'd have to do the high signs and put the, you know, the maintenance on the arms and the the wildlife protection and all that. But it was a good job. And I was like, wow, at least I'm getting paid. I don't have to travel. Yeah, for sure. I was lucky. I was lucky to, to have that. You know, I was able to stay home. That is cool. You know, but... So, anyways, so you get to the utility; it's a different culture shock, yeah. You know, and how did you, you find your? Did you did you find yourself fitting in right away? Was there certain people that you looked up to or
2: you got around that yeah. made that transition easy? I I, I quickly uh, got in with the the older guys, you know, that have been mm-hmm. there, that yeah. have put in some time, and um, and Montebello. I'll tell you what, Montebello that's the district I went to has a lot of re- the guys have a lot of respect because it's it's all property line, and they still do work like they used to do it, right? Mm-hmm. And it's changed now. Obviously, you know, yeah. there's a lot of cranes now, but there was a time when we didn't use cranes, yeah. and um, and there's a lot of hot work back then. too. A lot of hot work, and and the even even when we were in, you know,
1: in Live Oak, there we did a lot of hot oh, work. for We sure. weren't taking mainline clearances and clearances oh. like we do now. It was grab the sticks. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are getting nostalgic yeah. here. It's, oh, what hot fun. stick? You no, know, you what got that got is? No, yeah.
2: <laughs> it was <laughs> a great time, man. It was a great time, you know. And it was fun, yeah. It, it was definitely fun. And, um, yeah, so I'm in Montebello and we're doing a lot of great work and I gravitated to the older guys and, um, and a couple of the foremen, they had solid foremen that were, um, that I gravitated to and, you know, got picked on a crew, you know, wasn't a floater, you know, and it was, it was a good feeling because being a contractor, you're like, you know, they, you know they're not going to pick me. I'm going to be a floater, you know? and <laughs> You're pushing your little cart around yeah, with your tools a, every morning. <laughs> I'm not a floater, you know, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. so I was like, I was like, cool, man. You know, Did you I'm find up- you had like better tools and equipment and... You find uh, like there was more... They had, yeah, definitely different tools, you know, especially yeah. for rigging in the backyards, you know, for hanger brackets, you know. They we had, had all the rigging. They had all the gins. You weren't making the gins. <laughs> yeah, you weren't making the gins. They had all the gins, yeah. and it was like, man, this is awesome, you know. You just got to sure. hang it and chain it down. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. It's pretty right. cool because we had a lot of that old construction, you know, yeah. in the city of Alhambra. There's just a lot of old stuff, and yeah. that was cool that we had the rigging to do it, you know. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah,
1: and uh, from what there, you know. Training, they felt like you got more training, felt like there was you know, more
2: the, the difference the difference uh, between the utility and the contractor at that time yeah. was um, in the, the training as far as uh, circuitry, you know. Okay, that, that was you dove into the circuitry. Yeah, that was the equipment the, probably apparatus. Apparatus, apparatus. Yeah, yeah. completely different, right? Because yeah. as a contractor, we op, you know we didn't operate it, we built it. Yeah, right. We were we were made to build. You yeah. know, somebody else is going to come back. Yeah, and someone's going to come it back and operate test this, it and an RER right. and RSR and all that, and mm-hmm. and that's what I took the most. Out of you know, contractor obviously gave me all my rigging, my work ethic, my hard work, and it yeah. was just about building production, getting it done safely. Did and you feel you brought some of that to the utility uh, at the time? Like I hope so. People
1: probably raised their eyebrow a little bit, man. This guy can work. I I hope so. I brought some of that. You think?
2: I hope so. I yeah. think um, I think uh, you know, definitely did my best to to bring that you know, mm. and I hope guys appreciated that you know, and yeah, but yeah, I definitely appreciated the fact that they were willing to teach me all the circuitry and. And dive into that more and you know and do some switching. You know, it was that was the coolest part, you know. I was gonna ask for so the transition. Why did
1: you make the change to go to utility? What was the what was the ultimate decision? The
2: ultimate decision was or the reason I should say. The ultimate yeah. reason was um to be in one place because I've been a single dad forever. Right. And um I've been I had I've been married twice. So I'll throw that out there. <laughs> you know, you know, through my apprenticeship and everything. <laughs> <the whole thing. laughs> so anyway, um, um I have two daughters and talk one about a, your daughters for a second. Yeah, I have, so. I have two daughters. I have a 23 year old and an 18 mm-hmm. year old. And at the mm-hmm. time they were babies and um one lived in the high desert and one lived clear in LA. Mm-hmm. And I picked both of them up every single weekend. No. You know and oh, it, it was a drive. It was man. a drive. It was a drive but that's that was my duty and I did it. And you did it. Because I needed them to be together. Right. Yeah. So as a contractor it's hard to do that. It's hard to do because yeah. I can't tell my foreman I'm gonna break up this crew on Saturday. Yeah. Or whatever. You're not gonna do that. You're yeah. not gonna do that. You're not gonna you're not gonna break up the crew. If the crew's working on Saturday, the crew's working on Saturday. That's just it. Yeah. So resources are limited. You yeah. don't wanna be the guy that breaks up the crew. Yeah, no, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So that was the main reason. The main reason was to get some stability as far as I'm in one district, one place, and as long as I don't get forced to work, I'm going to be off and I can plan a little more to spend time with my daughters. Yeah. And that was the main reason I went to utility because I was, I mean, in my mind, I was a contractor for life, you know? Oh yeah. You know, that was, that was it. You know, I was going to get a big old tattoo on my back set outside, <laughs> can't do that. You know, <laughs> I still want to, but I can't do it right now. <laughs> outside at one time. Yeah. i got to change it up a
1: little bit. So obviously you're a supervisor now, but how did you, what was the progression and why did you start
2: to get into management and so leadership? The, Yeah. The progression was, um, I was going to, the body was hurting. (laughs) No, you know what? The body wasn't hurting yet. The body wasn't hurting yet. But, uh, I, I was going to take the, uh, I went and took the test for a Trevman test and and then the Foreman test. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, those things were going on. They were looking for a field supervisor and I wasn't interested in it. You know, you know, I've been short time with the company. I wanted to be still in the field. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, Kind of approached and said, Hey, did you think about this job, the the field supervisor position? And I was like, You know, I didn't. I want to be a foreman, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I'd rather go that route. They said, Well, what if you don't get the foreman job? What are you going to do then? And he knew about my situation, about my kids and picking right. them up and all that. He goes, Well, let me just shoot you an idea. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to be more flexible. You can still be with the crews, you can still do this. And Sounds like he was persuading you a little. Persuaded bit. me to <laughs> to go for the job. Yeah, and then sounds. You're f- like I worked with a role. I'll sounds familiar. Yeah. From my way. He totally persuaded me to go for the job, and yeah. then uh, never in my wildest dreams did I think I was going to get it because my heart was set on being the foreman, the foreman, yeah, being, being a foreman mm-hmm. for the company. And um, and I still remember the day I got the call. I was working for this old timer, really good guy, man. He was taught you a lot. Taught me a lot. His name was Reuben Galvin. Mm-hmm. The guy's an old timer, straight up guy. And I was working for him. And I remember we were macking out this corner, man. We were m- trying to make this hole for this pole to go in on San Gabriel Boulevard. Busy, busy mm, pole. Mm. And I'm trying to get, you know, I'm I got Max going everywhere, all over the place, mm. hanging them and everything. And it's lunchtime, you know. You guys we, hot
1: sticking or rubber glove? We were rubber gloving. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. We were in the bucket. Mm-hmm. And um, so we finished that. We finished making our hole. I'm I'm telling you, man, it was a masterpiece. We got Max going all over the place, you know, everything's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And we hit the dirt and uh we're having lunch. At the hat. Oh, and, uh, man. Go, no pastrami? What? Or what? Yeah, yeah. Gravy go, fries. No pastrami. Oh, man. And, um, World I, famous. I get a phone call, right, from uh, from uh, from HR. It says, hey, we'd like to offer you the position. And I was like, oh, I, I didn't think this call would come. And I was like, hey, can I call you guys back? I'm not ready to answer you. And then as I walk back towards the crew, Ruben Galvin says, he goes, all right, you guys ready to go? I said, yeah, we're ready to go, Ruben. He goes, all right, Tony, I need you to step it up. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I said, Look at this! What I just did, man. Me and me and Dick just did this. You yeah, know, that's yeah. Stroud, by the way. Yeah, Dick. <laughs> and uh, and I was thinking, like, what the hell? Like, and he says, I need you guys to step it up. And I'm like, shit, really? Yeah. And uh, I still remember that day. And then I still didn't take the job for a couple of days after that because I still wasn't sure. You know, I right. still wasn't sure. But then I thought about the benefits of this being, is the field soup job. This is the field soup job. Yeah, and I I Which thought about is one the, level up yeah one as level a up foreman. as a foreman okay. yeah so kind of like a general foreman type yeah pretty and much it, yeah mm-hmm. and um but then i thought about the benefits about me being with my girls more mm-hmm. having the flexibility and enjoying them you know as they grow up and i was like you know what i'm gonna take it they they caught me at the right time you know right, they really right. did mm-hmm. they really did otherwise i mean the best job is, is alignment you know that is the best job yeah it's the best job know? absolutely yeah, well, that's cool. So you took the field soup job. Yeah, took the field soup job. Did, that did, for...
1: did it start right away, or did you get into...
2: I was actually upgraded. They upgraded me first for a little, little while. Yeah, Give you a little tryout. Yeah, give me a little tryout, and then they gave me the job completely, and then uh, I left Montebello. I was there for about, I don't know, five, six years, and I took off to Ontario, which is closer to home, still as a field supervisor. Mm-hmm. And then being there, I got the opportunity to be an uh, operations supervisor, which is another level up, and um, took that job. And that's where I've been since. I've been there for past six years, I think. Nice. Five, six years awesome. in Ontario. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, what were some of the challenges you think you had as a as a as a leader coming through? The challenges are um, not having your hands on the product, yeah. and and you trying to convey a message, you know, and especially when you're a young leader. Yeah. You know, there's there's a there's a level of uh, describe
1: the hands on the product. What do you mean by that? Hands on the
2: product. You know. Um, the like work the work the work like actually and, and, physically yeah doing physically the doing the work and you trying to convey a message when you're a new leader it's 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 tough sometimes yeah because but you had the knowledge and the skill set oh no, for sure experience for sure but then you yeah. get you get the um you get that the feeling from the guys like i was the contractor bro <laughs> <laughs> all right, and I love you guys, man. I love all my. And it was a little bit of a has. challenge because you never really was a foreman. Correctly, yeah. I wasn't a foreman, so yeah. it was a big, a big roadblock right there, right. and that was tough. Yeah, that was really tough. So how did and, you overcome that? Um, relationships, probably. It, yeah, definitely relationships. But it took a while because the frustration started setting in, and not until I heard from some of the guys, from some of the guys that I knew very well. That they were calling me. Um, what was the Hulk's name? Robert Banner. What was his name? Dan Banner. I'm not, I like got. I got to defer to producer Paul. Oh, he's my. I'm out. Analyst. I'm out. The but, Hulk, I know the Hulk. Yeah, oh, when he was the good guy, he was Banner. Oh, and okay. Then he turned well, into the Hulk. Right, there you go. Sounds like oh, familiar. It's, <laughs> yeah. Right. We'll so go with it. They were calling me Banner, and I was like, "Why does everyone call me Banner? I didn't get it." Mm-hmm. And they said, "Dude, because you'll flip." boom and oh, you turned Bru- into Bruce Banner, Bruce Banner. They were calling yeah. me Bruce Banner. Right. And I was like, what? I don't get it. Yeah, and I said, bro, you, you will just lip out on a guy, you know, like if he's not doing something right. And I was like, okay, wow,
1: I don't see that.
2: I I didn't see it either, man. I didn't see that. For but me. it was a level of frustration because once yeah. again, I was the contractor. Yeah. You know, they got the, trying that to, they got the deliver job a
1: message and you were trying to get it yeah. through and
2: you would just, yeah. So real quickly mm-hmm. I was like, okay, let's rewind. Let's humble ourselves. And, um, Let's get down back to the guys what's important here you yeah. know, and make sure they, they get the message and, and support them you know and it, was, it, it wasn't easy at the beginning, you know yeah. being a young leader, so but it's all uh, about the people. I mean you could I mean
1: you can have all the rules and tools and everything, but if you don't have good people, you know yeah. what I mean you're not a leader if you have nobody to, that follows you. Oh, yeah. No. You know what I mean? You're, you're so right. it's about the people. You so will be walking all alone. We're walking all alone. You're looking around like, okay, I'm the boss of what now? Nothing? Yeah. <laughs> I got nobody.
2: But So you got through some of those those challenges? Uh, okay. Yeah, definitely got through some of those And I still yeah. talk to the guys, you know, and I tell yeah. them, hey, man, give me some feedback, you know? You know, just, you, just two weeks ago I was talking to one of the guys like, hey, tell me what you guys think, what's going on, you know, and keep learning from that, you know, because yeah. you – That's the the one thing I care about the most is that these guys are that they're safe, they're comfortable, they're having a good time. This is this is great work. You know, you can have an awesome time with the boys, you know, Mm -hmm. and and I want them to experience that. I really do. I really do. You know, come home safe and enjoy a great life with their families. Do that is number one. Number one. You got to have a balance. Yeah, you got to have a balance. You got to remember why we're all working. You know, what's the
1: reason? What's our motivation? What inspires us, you know, to be safe out there with our crews and to work, you know, work in that safe manner? Absolutely, that's no, a good point. I think one of the things you mentioned—I don't know if Paul, you picked up on it—but um, sounds like you got through that challenge because you were you were humble. You had to take a step back and really look at what how you're reacting. You have to and just hit the reset button a little bit, ask some questions. You know, get really just start asking the guys, "What can I do to help you?" Sounds yeah, like absolutely. That's awesome.
2: That is number one. You got to do that.
1: Yeah. Wow, you have an awesome career, dude. You've done. I, I've you've, been you've enjoying been, it. You've yeah. 20-something years as a lineman. I think it's pretty remarkable. Um, sounded like the best person you worked for, though, was me.
2: So far, yeah. No, definitely, dude. I had a <laughs> great kidding. time, you know? <laughs> Although one time, dude, one time I did get mad at you oh, one time. Oh, don't throw this all blast out here. <laughs> no, yeah, I did get mad at you one time. We were working in Redlands. We were doing a— um, We had a, work in Redlands? We had work in Redlands. We were doing that a— A reconductor? Uh No, it was a cutover, and we were, we were actually showing up at Parr's Yard oh that's right right yes so yes. it was just our crew just one crew yeah shout out to alfie what's alfie, up going on, alfie what up so anyway um, <laughs> you know he's listening to this oh he better be so <laughs> i remember i was in the hole and i just got mm-hmm. done just just ripping it man just i it. just getting it and all these yeah. you know six and a half components and i got out of the hole we lost money on that job by the way Oh man, you didn't, have to, you didn't have to say that. Anyway, I got no, out. We did. Of it. we did great. Go for it. I got out of the hole, yeah. and then I was getting some components ready for the next for the next uh, mm-hmm. for the next hole, right? And then you showed up, and Briscoe showed up. You guys showed up together, and then Alfie says, "Dude, what are you doing?" I said, "I'm getting components." He goes, "Stand up and do something." I'm like, "I, why can't I <laughs> why sit and do something?" Why does everybody tell you that? Well, I said, "Why can't I sit and do something, dude?" I'm getting these components ready, and then you and then Alfie and you were talking. He says, Raul's mad." I said. You Know what, dude? Don't get don't piss me off because I just came out of that hole, it's 120 degrees, just knocked this out, now I'm getting components what? ready for the next job. Well, because Briscoe is oh, you know, the, just like, that's hey, dude, that's what's the this, big boss? What's this
1: dude doing sitting down? You know, he's like, <laughs> that's hard money, bro. Yeah, that's when hard money was hard money, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> we want to talk about the difference. Don't be sitting down, don't be sitting don't down. Be sitting down. <laughs> wow. Well, I don't know, man. I I don't know. Along the way, I've made some bad decisions myself. No, no, no. <laughs> you know what I mean. No, I you're think you're all right. I think uh, obviously we've grown up, you know, along the way, and you know you have a great career that what you're doing now, and it's good to see you, man. It really is. I appreciate uh, I, absolutely. That, man. I want to kind of switch gears a little bit, Tony. If yeah, no for mind. sure. I want to get into one of your passions recently here. I think it, I was amazed when I started seeing some of that stuff come out, you know, some pictures and guys are talking about what you're doing, about building, building knives. And then all of a sudden you end up on a show and I'm like, what is this guy doing? Right? He's so talented. Um, he's a winner. So I want to, I want to read something out of a book. We'll start and we will starting to just kind of get the juices flowing a little bit. And, um, it's by Tim S Grover. It's called winning. It's actually the unforgiving race to greatness winning,
0: uh, Tim Grover. Paul, you know who that is? Yeah, so, uh, famously, first professional, his first professional uh, athlete was Michael Jordan, uh, and it was mm-hmm. kind of, it was kind of on a whim. Um, since then, he's he's trained guys like uh, uh, Charles Barkley, Kobe Bryant, uh, Dwayne, Dwayne, Dwayne Wade. Yeah and, yeah, and and it's not only just the body; it's the mind. Um, he has the relentless thirteen. Uh, principles that he goes by, and they're pretty, they're pretty cool. They're they're worth a they're worth a run through. Anyone can benefit from them. So they're pretty. Absolutely. Neat.
1: And here recently, we'll get into it, but you did win something, and it's pretty amazing to see to see you do that. And you know, coming up through the trade, working with your hands, and just to, just to, just a tradesman, get into something else on top of everything else you're doing. So I'm gonna read this, and it's um, it's a short passage, but you guys, just bear with me. I think you'll enjoy it. Um, winning is everything. Winning will cost you everything and reward you with more if you're willing to do the work. Don't bother to roll up your sleeves, just rip them off, and do what others won't or can't. They don't matter, they don't matter anyway. You are all alone. Stop being afraid of what you'll become. You should be more afraid of not becoming that. If you can't buy into this, if you believe you're not ready, to, ready or not deserving, if you're not willing to commit to your own success, you've never won, and you probably won't. Because winners all understand one thing: there's a price to pay, and you must pay it. You got to put in the work. Absolutely. And here, and here recently, um, you know, you've been putting in the work. Let's talk about you putting in the work to get where you're at, and you know, your professional bladesmith now, which is which is super cool. Let's talk a little bit about that. How'd that start?
2: You know, that started as a. Um, I had. Uh in 2019, I had some surgery. I had a little uh, little tumor growing inside my chest, so I had it ripped out. So I was I was at home for like two months, right, while that healed up. And um, I had lost one of my knives, you know, so I was like, man. So I started looking on YouTube, you know. I was like, I'm just going to make one of my knives, make a knife. Because mm-hmm. I didn't want to go spend another $400 on a knife. And then I got into it. I started looking it up. And I got so excited about it to working with my hands again because I, I missed, I, and I still do today, as, as crazy as it sounds, I miss being out there with the guys, you know, working with my hands mm-hmm. and, and doing something, you know? And when I started well, this- kind of your culture, you know, working with your old man, building- Yeah, I mean- It's still now. It's I mean, been forever, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I got into this, you know, purchased an anvil, purchased a forge, and started messing around with it-, it Wait, wait, this is
0: 2019?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Wow, dude. So we'll get into it. It's, it started it, just, yeah. it started in 19. Wow. That's when, that's when I started purchasing stuff and, oh. and finding out about it. No, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. I was just shocked by that date. Yeah. I, I figured this was the,
0: the way, what we got sitting on the table here. I thought this was something. Yeah. Cool. But keep no, on. It this is, is it's
2: been crazy, man. You know, and uh, I got I was 100 percent bought in just that feeling that I got of building something and accomplishing something and looking at it. It's no different than coming down a pole and looking at what you did. It was right. no different. That feeling was the same the accomplishment. And I was yeah. like, wow, you know, this is, uh, okay. I'm I'm in, I'm all in. And it started just like that. And I was all over it, man. I started, I've been to Louisiana to build a power hammer. I've been to Tennessee to, to, uh, be taught by a famous, famous knife maker, Jason Knight. How'd you get that hook, that connection? Uh, he was having a class, man. Just and went I was, for it. I'm, I'm yeah. there. I was yeah. in Tennessee. I was awesome. in Tennessee for a week and. You know, the guy turned out to be one of my good friends. He was over at my house last Friday. Mm-hmm. You know, he's doing a little tour through California, teaching some classes and was by the house. We had some drinks. And you know, it's like it's been it's been a crazy ride, you know, for me to meet all these people and they've taken me in and and it, it really going, started like that. It's going really fast. It's gone really really fast and yeah. but I do believe in like that quote. I didn't I didn't know what you were going to say when you said, you know, quote, you know, yeah, if yeah. you're going to do something, be the best at it. You know, yeah. another thing is if you're going to do it 100% all the way. Put in the work. Put in the work, man. Yeah. Go after it. Yeah. Go after it. You know, the guy that doesn't make it is the guy who quits. Yeah. And that's just straight up,
1: you know. And it's going to be challenging. You know, Definitely. It's not going to be easy. And that's kind of, you know, the kind of the concept of the show today is is that. It's, you know, it's not going to be easy along the way. But, you know, you're going to run
0: into – you're going to fail at times. But I think Tony – sorry to cut you off. No, long, no, uh, good. Tony learned something from his dad by being taught by a, a master mechanic or at the time what he was just for free. Here you are, knowing that you have to. You 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 took interest in something, knowing that to the, go to the next level, you need to see it hands on. So you paid, obviously, your way to Tennessee, and you, here you are being taught by a master. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a master smith. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So I mean, that's great. I mean, that's it. Just shows how disciplined you are and uh, what you knew to get. To, to feel that fuel that passion so that's good Sorry. yeah well, i mean that first knife
1: you made i mean was it was just i love it or was it you was it what am i doing i mean you had to have some
2: sort of doubt yeah no i <laughs> I, mean, I mean honestly i or was did you just, just get into it right away i was just going off of videos you know yeah. i was just going off of videos and uh you know i was like okay let's do this and started hammering away and came up with something and then you grind how off do, the excess and you heat treat it and i was like how do you how do you like it the first I, one I made. still have it. Just you know, you it, it? it's pretty cool. You know, it's <laughs> got a big old uh, antler handle. It's massive, man. I wore it to Vaughn's and people were staring at me like, "What the hell's going on <laughs> here?" You know. Why would
1: you wear it to Vaughn's?
2: Because I was proud of it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to show it off. Yeah, you oh, yeah. You. yeah, I got it. Yeah, know. <laughs> I, I wore that thing proud, man. People were yeah. looking at me like I was crazy. You know, cutting watermelon. <laughs> it's taking a little They're taste. It. No, the kind of jalapeno up. Cut the jalapeno up yeah. real quick. <laughs> Picking your
1: nails. So let's let's talk through the process a little bit of how how a knife is made from scratch. Yeah, because I so, think that's cool. Let's yeah, talk really about really that. cool. It so
2: so when you're forging a knife, um, you have a piece of steel, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 the cool part because you can you can correlate line work to to knife work. You can do all these things because there's steps. You know the same mm-hmm. thing is, you know use your tool one all that stuff. It's it all, all it all goes the same. Right, you know right. it, it, it all flows together and the main thing with the forging steel is that you want to use if let's just put it like this if you have a bar of steel that's let's say a quarter inch thick and by seven inches long and two inches wide Mm -hmm. all right if you cut out a knife out of that with a bandsaw you have one knife but if you forge it you can squeeze more metal out of it because you're going to use every, every bit of, bit of every bit of that steel, and you can forge two knives out of that one piece. So there's an art to it, right? So that, that's your first step. You're you're maximizing your steel and using every single bit of steel that you can, and you forge it out. And that in forging. So how does a guy get steel? I uh, well, I mean, you don't just you, go down get can, a block of steel. So no, you can. Um, you can recycle. You can use recycled steel. It's got to be high carbon for it to hold an edge. Okay. High carbon, steel. High carbon uh, steel. But you could use, you know, springs off of off a car, an old car. You could use leaf springs. You could use coil what's, springs. What do you like using? I uh, I buy I buy steel. You buy steel because you're not pulling. I'm not pulling recycled, recycled steel. steel. <laughs> what's, the, <laughs> what's the best steel, Tony? Yeah. What's the best steel? Well, that's that's debatable. If the best steel your opinion, how about that? Hang the on. best deal. like this is what Jason Knight says, and I stand by this. He says, uh, the best steel is the steel that you use and then you know how to work. There you go. Out of boy. That's that's that, that, so true. That like, is that's very a, true. The yeah. best Lyman's wrench is the one you mm-hmm. uh,
0: absolutely best hammer is the one that's in your, your pouch, right? Exactly. Exactly. Like Lyman's wrench. You mean battery-powered Milwaukee? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> shout out to Milwaukee too. <laughs> yeah, shout out there. But yeah. No, okay. So, so you got your steel.
2: You got your steel. I I yeah. I purchased my steel. Mm-hmm. Because I make a lot of Damascus, and Damascus is a um, it's a uh, pattern welded steel where you take different types of steel and you you actually forge weld them together, you fuse them together, and becomes one homogenous piece. And um, so f- to do that, that's the heating process, the forging. That's, that's the, the forging. That's the actual get yeah it red hot, red hot, and yeah. you make that those different layers of steel mm-hmm. one piece One of piece. steel yeah and if you use recycled you could use recycled steel there's nothing wrong with it and as a matter of fact whatever you can get your hands on is what you're gonna do right you know what i mean if you yeah. want to learn and you can't afford to purchase steel use the recycled steel and you can still make beautiful stuff out of it you know don't right. don't let that stop you you know yeah. you can't let nothing stop you, you use what you can mm-hmm. but um i was fortunate enough to be able to purchase to steel, purchase some and get it yeah and then you know and then i make my own my own steel out of it okay. but um yeah, that's the first Keep step going. is forging, right? Forging it, mm-hmm. And um, after you forge it, there's different steps to uh, to bring that steel to its normal state because it, it takes on a lot of stress after you've hit it with a hammer. Um, the structure inside uh, is not the same anymore. It, it'll become really grainy, and you want it to be really fine inside. Um, and the, and you, we can get into metallurgy and all that, and it's it'll get confusing, and no one know mm-hmm. what we're talking about, you know. <laughs> uh Th- martin that's okay They'll there's just fast there, forward the yeah podcast. there's martin site there's different stages <laughs> of the steel that it goes through yeah. and uh what you want to do is you want to normalize that steel back to its original state so there's steps that you do that in because it's a big process you got to heat up the steel to normally around 1500 to 1550 degrees and then you take it out of the heat and you let it cool down to black put it back in the oven in the forge heat it back up to 1500 take it out you do that about three steps and what you're doing is you're reforming that structure inside the steel right so time frame for those three steps what are we talking um we're talking 30 40 minutes 30 40 minutes yeah it's going pretty quick okay. and then after that you're ready to quench your steel and that's dipping it in the oil you bring it up to a critical temperature which is usually depending on the steel you're working mm-hmm. usually around 1500 degrees what kind of oil it's uh it's it's a fast acting uh quench oil um you could use canola. Once again, if you want to get started, if you don't want to pay, you know, $100 for five gallons of oil, go to Smart and Final and get canola oil because it works, I you see. know? So don't let that stop you. The money, don't let that stop you, man. <laughs> right. Go out and get whatever you can. You can use canola oil. And that's what I started out with was you getting canola, canola oil because right. it's cheap, right. you know? And right. you go buy a, this AAA fast quenching oil, mm-hmm. you're spending $100 on oil, you know, mm, for five yeah. gallons, you know, it's more than gas right now. <laughs> I don't know about that, but, uh, <laughs> so we won't talk about that. Yeah, so you got to You know, after that, you're gonna you bring yeah. it up to critical temperature, which is about fifteen hundred degrees. You throw How do it. I you know the when it's at critical temperature. So there's a couple of ways you can do it. You can do it controlled. I have a like a little. Well, you can put it in the forge. If you're gonna put it in the orge, in the forge, yeah. you're gonna depend on the color of the, the color. Steel, okay, the color of the steel and also a it's magnet. Such an art man, that's yeah, crazy. You know, crazy. A magnet won't stick. To the steel, okay. Once it reaches critical temperature, wow. So you can gauge it that way, and it's it's usually like a, a bright cherry. It's not bright yellow. That's too hot. You could bend your 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 blade, crack it. You know. So you got to have that down. But I use a uh, I use an oven, a kiln, okay. for my heat treating. Okay. My heat treating's on point. So exactly when my, I know my oven's at 1500 degrees. I ain't got to check nothing. It's at 1500 and I dipped that thing, you know, but it took time, you know, I did do it the other way. And as you progress in your career, you know, you, you, you get the cool tools and you know, you buy Mm -hmm. things and stuff like that. But, um, but you got to learn the other way too. Right. Um, but so yeah, once it's 1500 degrees, you dip it in the oil, you take it out of there. You, 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 you give it some agitation, you know, make sure it's cooled down enough. You take it out. Mm Mm-hmm. And you should have a hardened blade, and you can check that with a file. You know, a file should skate across it. And the best way to check it is, uh, you can do a Rockwell hardness test. And I have, I have that tester, mm-hmm. and um, it'll tell you to what degree it's hardened and what you're trying to achieve. And you can control that. Um, well, I'm moving too fast here. After the quenching, you got to temper it. So this, after you quench a knife, it is so hard. It's like glass that if you drop it, it'll probably shatter. Wow. It'll okay. probably shatter. So now what you got to do is you got to put it in the oven. And depending on what hardness you want, you can range your, your degrees from 400 to 420, 450. And you got to do two cycles of tempering um, for two hours apiece. So that, that takes some time. You know, you got to put it in the oven for at 400 degrees. Depending on, like I said, the hardness you want. Yeah. And you'll gauge that by testing your steel every time you do it. You'll gauge, okay, last time I, I tempered at 400 degrees and I got a 59 on the Rockness Hardwell, whatever, you know, and you, you start Getting logging right. stuff down right. and then you get your own formulas on how to do it. And, uh, but yeah, you got to temper it to bring that hardness level down. So it's, uh, so it won't break on you. You know, it'll still be hard, but it, it'll be a little yeah. more manageable. The steel will be, you know, so when does the hammering start? That's at the very beginning. The very beginning. When the it very comes beginning. To, I
1: mean, how long does that take? Um,
2: All depends on how intricate you want to get with your knife. And the
1: molds. you know, and maybe I'm getting too detailed, but like, I mean, how do you come up with the molds and... Well, you, you draw it out, man. You draw it out
2: and just... You draw it out and you, you, you work towards it, you know, with your hammer and just keep looking at it. And, um... So we got a knife sitting on the table, um, that Tony brought over. So why don't you talk about that a little bit? So that one, the one here on my left is, uh, it's a fillet knife and, um... Pretty thin and no, flexible. No. I have a fillet knife at home. <laughs> that's not a <laughs> well, This is for big tuna, Go man. And describe it. Yeah, that's a... This is for big tuna. It's about probably... 14, 15? Well, we that's, got the nine right there. That's right nine there. inches. That's we all nine. know what nine inches I'm a little is. short. A <laughs> little short, but... Um, so... It's about 13. It's by, yeah, 13 inches. Yeah. It's a, it's a big slicer for tuna.
1: Mm-hmm. And... Um, so how long did it take to forge that, or to, to pound that out?
2: Uh, usually the forging, um, yeah. if... If I'm not gonna, if I'm just gonna forge the shape out, yeah, I can forge it out within an hour. An hour, just within an it. hour, just, just hitting, hitting it and it all depends. It. I, I have tools. I have a power hammer. Oh, okay. You know, uh, which saves your body. But the tuning up, I, I, I do most of my hammering on the power hammer. Okay. So I'm using hammer. a seventy pound hammer that's just. Oh, okay. It doesn't get tired. Right. It doesn't get tired. So that's why I, I can do it pretty quick. And then I tune it up with... See here, I thought you were hammering the whole thing out I do. school. Well, hold on. Chill out, man. Check this out. So after I get, you know, yeah. the thickness I want and the sh- basic shape that I want with the power hammer, I got you. then I tune it up with the hand hammer. And I start tuning in everything and make it nice and straight. And, you know, after all that's done, then you got to grind all the grime off, you know, because you're going to leave a lot of sometimes you leave some deep hammer marks and you got to leave enough thickness for you to grind all that stuff off. Right. And, but when you leave it, like this other knife that I have here, when you leave it, it looks pretty damn awesome, you know, leave all it the does. forging marks. And yeah. it's a reminder of this was, this is hand, done. this is hand forged, yeah, you know, because on this one, you'd never believe it. It looks like, okay, that's a, this thing is shiny and you know, it looks like a cut out, but it right. didn't. There's a lot of work involved, a lot of work. you know, to get all that grime off, mm-hmm. you know, and make it straight and look uniform. So, then you, so now you quench it. You said, you quench it, and then uh, you go back to the grinder. You know? To the well, grinder. after the tempering, after yeah. the tempering, you do two cycles of mm-hmm. two hours a piece, and then you go back to grinding. And depending on what style you're going to take, if you're going to grind everything off to make it a give it a good finish, then you grind everything off and then start grinding. It's sharpening, a, grinding, sharpening. Yeah, sharpening is the last thing the last I do. Thing. Very last thing I do because you don't want to be holding a sharp blade. No, and I do have some cuts to prove it. You know, but then, you can do like the acid, right? Is a, uh, like the, uh, yeah. To, a, so well, with Damascus, Damascus steel, yeah. with Damascus, um, what you're using is you're using a high carbon steel. And then usually a, uh, a, uh, it's called 15 and 20, the steel, and it has a nickel content. Okay. So when you see the pattern come out, you'll see a dark part and then you'll see a shiny part. The shiny part would be the nickel content. And uh, when you fuse the steel together, it's called forge welding. When you forge weld it all together, depending on how many times you stack it, you get different patterns, more intricate, and you can manipulate your patterns by stacking the steel different ways. And uh, you you can get some beautiful, beautiful patterns. And um, to get those patterns to come out, you dip it in in acid. It's uh, ferric ferric chloride acid. And what it does is the ferric will start eating away at the high carbon, Mm. and it'll darken it. But it won't eat up the nickel content, and that's why that stays silver. And it actually raises a little bit because it starts eating the, the high carbon. Oh, I gotcha. And it raises a little. And you can feel it sometimes if you do a deep, deep, uh, deep etch, you know, a deep acid etch. If you had to say there's a number of steps to make a
0: knife, what, what would that number be? 10, to 9, just from, from start to finish. I I know it's going to
2: vary, but if there's a yeah, ballpark. For like a, for a just single source steel you know a homogeneous piece one piece steel sure i mean theres could be 10 steps you know around mm-hmm. but when you're doing damascus depending on how intricate you want your pattern to be you could spend a whole day to two days just making the steel i mean and then I'm talking hours it's not just a couple hours here you know you're 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 restacking the steel you know like the sword I made for the show was hundred layers of steel
0: Jeez.
2: you know so i start off with 25. And then, uh, so it was, a five pound, it was five pounds of steel when I started, you know, and it was 25 pieces of steel, and then I drew that out to about, you know, 16 inches, and then I cut it up in four inches, so now I had 25 layer, 25 layer, 25 layer, 25 layer, and I stacked all those, and now that became 100 layers of steel, and then I smashed that out and spread all that out, and that's where I got my pattern, and then I started forging out the shape of the blade. Wow
0: and you make your handles and your sheath is that something that all bladesmiths kind of do or some just kind of outsource that or or? Uh,
2: you know a lot and and it's not a bad idea to outsource your 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 leather because leather is time consuming and i'd rather be forging than than doing leather but i have been doing my own leather and uh, i've been getting better at it but uh you know dude this is two years we're talking two years
0: I'm just blown away. Like, oh, yeah, we're, we're getting to that. So am I, man. Don't worry <laughs> about it. So am I. I'm blown awesome. away too. You,
1: have, you have all your fingers. Let's <laughs> check. <laughs> you do puts in the work, man. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I mean, just listen to the steps and, you know, I mean, the dedication to do all that. I mean, I could see along the way
0: guys would be like, I'm done with this. <laughs> that, that's something I want to ask you. I'm sorry, <laughs> you know, Raul. That, One more, more question. No, go for it. Paul. And then I'll shut up. No. Uh, so, as a as a hobbyist, I think uh, it's important that we have a hobby. Uh, Roll's Raul, very busy, so he, he's less time on the hobby. Uh, but I'm a loser. I got a hobby. Uh, I like to grill. And anyone that asks me any advice, I say, you can't be in a bad mood to grill mm-hmm. because people are going to taste it and they're going to know right off the back you were either impatient, you were in a bad mood, you were, hurt, you were hurrying, which impatient, and they could taste it. the end product. Are you clearing your mind before you even just grab that? Because I think in the end result, there's such an intricate art
2: that if you take that bad mood, you take that bad energy, if you will, and put it, that knife's going to show it. Uh, you know, it's funny you say that because, um, like yesterday I wasn't feeling going in the shop. I just wasn't feeling it. And, and, and and there's days that, you know, you force yourself to do things, but I knew I wasn't going to be productive in there. So I didn't go in there. I was like, you know what? I'm ahead on where I want to be right now on this particular knife that I'm building. Mm -hmm. And it's not worth it to go in there tonight because, you know, I was feeling tired. I had one of my neighbors come over and, you know, me and my brother cut up a truck and I have it on the side of the house and (laughs) For the you, steel? No, 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 not <laughs> for the steel. You know, we cut up a truck and uh, a C10 and, you know, but, uh, but you so feeling it. I wasn't feeling it. You know, I got a little agitated by because he took a little attitude with me, you know, and I didn't like it, you know, because I'm a good neighbor, man. I'm an awesome neighbor. <laughs> so, oh yeah, I'm sure that pounding of those blades. Yeah, like, no, dude. Eleven o'clock the at night, is, they love it. They love it because they all come over <laughs> and watch. You know, they watch me work and stuff like that. So that's cool. I got my my neighbors buying 100. percent. That's awesome. But for mm. whatever reason, this guy was irritated about this so cab gotta, of this I seat back to, on the. back to the house. Back to Paul's point. You got to be in the right. You got to be in the right mindset. Absolutely. You got to be in the right mindset. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I got a little agitated with the dude. So I was like, you know what? I'm ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. I don't need to go in there because you do make mistakes. You yeah. will make mistakes, and it, you don't need to be there. You know. I know. No, thank you.
1: Awesome. Um, talking about mistakes, that's a good segue into this competition you were in. A guy made a pretty big mistake, mm. I, I felt. And um, let's talk about the show, and Fire. So, how how did that come in about? And let's talk. How, how did you even get on that
2: show? So, uh, this was. So like I said, channel. I've only been yeah. doing this. You know, it was late 2019. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been. It's been about two two years, three months. and i actually i don't know what you know i i think i wanted to put myself out there you know like hey dude like just go do it you know right you know because it was about a year and a half into my this journey that i applied for the show and then i was like you know just do it you know because you'll be surprised what you can do when you're put in there you know what i mean yeah you'll be surprised. the human spirit is is amazing and when someone puts you to do something wow, you'll be surprised. Show up. You'll be surprised what yeah, you can do. Right. So, and that was the mindset I had. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. Do it. Sign up. So you signed up for it. Signed up for yeah. it. They do an interview with you. They do a Skype with you. And um, you give them a tour of your shop. Tell them all the tools you have. And you got to send them in videos of, you know, forging and stuff like that. Right. So um, almost a year. And then COVID hit, you know. Mm-hmm. COVID hit and they weren't doing anything. And then, man, in March, this March, I get a call. And said, hey, can you be here in two weeks? I'm like, man, you guys don't give much time, do you? <laughs> and, you know, fortunate for me, you know, I was in a position where I can. Right. You know, I'm mm. not I'm not letting down a crew, you know. I'm, you know, I call my boss, hey, I need to be out of here, you know, for yeah, a couple weeks. You know, a couple weeks. And mm. I was on a plane, man, and I was there. And I'll tell you what, you know, it's a, it's a lot different when you're there because you're not in your own shop. Oh. You know, you don't know where things are at, even though they told you where everything's at. You know, they this is here, this material's over there. That goes out the window when they say go, you know, you, yeah. you, you're scrambling. and that get and, in your head a little bit? It, you know what? It did a little bit, but I was there focused on my show, on my game. That was it. I, I, I can't I, – I, I said one word to one of the other competitors the whole time we were competing. I wasn't talking to anyone. I was doing my thing because if you make a mistake on that show, in three hours you don't have time to recover. Right. There's no time to recover you know you're, you're, you're you you're focused you're done i was focused. He was
1: focused he had that mamba mentality yeah you
2: know? i was playing you my game I mean?
0: he was assassin he was the bruce
1: banner he was bruce banner yeah, yeah. Man, was, he did yeah he, i mean some of the <laughs> some of the you know most talented competitors out there though they won't say much no you know, it, it was you know what i mean this it's a couple
2: words it was my game you know i was yeah. like i gotta get this done and i gotta do it and yeah, you know yeah. and and it was tough because the challenge that i picked you know was the second to the hardest yeah and um making those uh canister damascus is not easy and I stretched that steel out all the way, you know, I didn't think at the very beginning I was looking, I was like, damn, you know, I might not have enough steel here, but I'm going to make it work. Yeah. You know, and I just kept going at it, just got under that power hammer and stretched that steel out. I didn't waste, put it this way. I didn't waste one millimeter of steel. I used all of it. Wow. I used all of it. It was, just, you know, and like I said, the human spirit is amazing. You, you don't know what you're capable of doing till you're, put into the fire you yeah. know it's really cool you're you're probably uh probably really excited got the call
1: really ready to go yeah yeah didn't know what was out in front of you no right? man. you're like let's just show
2: up and see what we do with these guys yeah, yeah. I, I mean i definitely didn't go there with an attitude that uh yeah i just want to make it past the first round i did not go with that attitude i went in there it's like you know what i'm gonna give it 100 percent and if i do that yeah. i'm gonna come home i'm gonna come home with a win that's if cool. i do that yeah and that's the attitude i went with you yeah. know we were talking about, you know, making
1: mistakes and, you know, doing things in the wrong mindset and you make mistakes. Your competitor, the guy that was the last final two, I, 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 I uh, listened to it and I was like, wow, he said he had plenty of time, you know, Oh, I got this done plenty of time. Yeah. But then he failed because he didn't redo the blade when he had that warp in it. Right. And it ended up costing him the competition, I think. Yeah. Because yeah, that's did. exactly what what the judges were leaning towards is, wow, the, you know, the, the quality of the blade was warped. You know after they put it through a a beating obviously yeah you know
2: and and i knew he was going to come with it too man because the, the guy's talented he's, he's a, a full, full-time full-time you know, blacksmith. Full-time, full-time dude bladesmith yeah. and he actually had won a uh on discovery channel they had another show called master of arms and he built uh joan of Arc's sword wow beautiful sword he wow. won he won that one so i knew i was dealing with a guy who's up to par you know so yeah yeah i mean but I yeah mean, you
1: saw his shop too it's like full oh, on. yeah he had his a shop full was dialed full in. on shop
2: yeah. yeah and you're out of your garage and yeah i'm out of my three-car <laughs> garage man getting it <laughs> come through a Rancho Cucamonga <laughs> garage. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah man i mean yeah. it definitely uh that is what cost him It cost him. It, i mean his, his handle was i mean it, i mean his handle was beautiful dude. beautiful and you can tell that he uh he, he machined had some,
1: like, custom blade too it looked a little different well, than yours
2: well, he, he also did Damascus, yeah. but he did a different pattern, different Damascus, pattern, than I yeah. did. But um, his fittings on his handle, he machined those with a mill because he has a mill. The guy's a craftsman, man. The guy's yeah. a craftsman. Had that not warping in there, dude, it, it might have gone the other way. Who knows? Yeah. But, you know, that's what... That's Your blade what, was quality, though. Yeah, but that's what happens, man. Yeah. If You you got to come with it. And I wasn't going to go with anything less than a almost perfect blade. Yeah. You know, and nothing's perfect. You want a perfect, go buy it at the store, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what uh? What's it like seeing that?
0: I know on the kill test, he had the uh the the carcass of the pig. What's it like seeing your blade do that? Because I know at, you're in at your garage, uh, on the on the on the footage, you're you're cutting through a, 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 trash, a, can. a trash can, <laughs> yeah. You know, but you're seeing it go through flesh, and it just slices. Describe the well, kill well, test first. I, I, Describe I, I, the. I tell kill you. Test. Um, uh Raul can do the impersonation too of the guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll do that later. Describe the, um, describe the kill test for so everybody. The, the so kill what is, test, what's it, the
2: different layers you had to go through? Yeah, it's, the not, of the it's not as easy. Okay, so the first test was, was the kill test. It was the kill test, yeah. It was a kill test. And um, you, you'd think it'd slice through there easier, but when it hits that bone... It's tough bone, and and one thing you don't realize is those. So they have a pig carcass. Hanging. Yeah, those pigs are yeah. kind of frozen, yeah. man. They're not. They don't make it easy, man. It yeah. ain't just yeah. thawed out, just hanging out there, bro. because yeah, you can hear it. I mean, and, and more so being there. Right. When he hits that, if it, it sounds like you're hitting some steel. Jeez. Yeah. Like, hey, dude, this. I think this pig had some screws in him. You know, like <laughs> like you know, he might have <laughs> broke his back sometime. You know. But it was—you could hear it. It hits hard. Well, he's got a—I mean, he's got a powerhouse swing too. Oh yeah, that dude brings it. Oh yeah, no, he does. Yeah. And um, just that could easily bend your blade or break it. Yeah. It, it easily can. You know, you wouldn't think it would. You think, oh, it's just flesh. It's going to go through there, but there's bones in there. I noticed in the show. I don't know if it was edited, but when they when they your competitor's blade went through the pig carcass, you're like. That was a big chunk. Yeah, he took one that of his... W- I, I thought I was going to cut it in half. Yeah, one of his... But then when he was hitting that spine, it just wasn't going through, man. It wasn't man. going through. That spine was hard, man. He had a... That, that pig had a good back, you know? <laughs> that's wild. That's, a, that's someone you could trust right there, yeah. that pig. <laughs> yeah, but... Uh that's <laughs> no, awesome.
1: Yeah. No, but your blade it will kill. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely man. That was
2: it was good to see that, you know, it survived it a, that, you know, yeah. without any in you know the, the blade was good, nothing on the hand. You know, everything was looking good. Yeah. Is your heart point. just pumping? You don't want your blade to fall the handle. It handles. is, man. It is. It was it was pumping, man, like, you know, just just want it to survive, you know, want to survive. They had a
1: little issue with your handle. They said it was a little it was a little larger. Large for their size. It was a little larger, yeah. I was like, yes, in your hands.
2: And I was gauging it, you know? <laughs> I was gauging it, like, uh, oh, you know, is it too big, too small? Yeah. And traditionally, that handle is round. And I didn't like that, you know? But I wanted to make it as traditional as possible, you know? Because if you made it a little oval, you know, it would be easier to handle. It'd be more indexed in your it's hand. Like a samurai. So. Yeah, right? So, you know, I was a little worried about that. You know, mm-hmm. I was a little worried about that. Like, you know, I went, I went... To the original spec, which is round, you know, and then when he said that, I was like, I should have went oval. (laughs) You know, in my head, I should have went oval. Yeah. And um and he he you know, my competitor, uh, Mm -hmm. Ryan, he went really thin to make it, you know, so you could hold on to it good. But um I, Mm. you know, hey, they gotta put some drama in it, right? It fit well in my hands. It fit well (laughs) in your hands. (laughs) And so you built the uh
1: Burmese Da. Yeah, Burmese Da. That's the yeah, that's the they say it's a, a blade or a knife, but that's like a sword. No,
2: it's a, yeah, it's a sword, definitely a <laughs> it's sword. It's like yeah. a straight up sword. You know, I, I mean, it's nasty. It's massive yeah. too. I awesome. think it's massive. Okay, yeah. so the first one was the kill test. Second was and then the, then the second was the uh, strength test. The strength strength test. test. Yeah, and they were uh, banging on that shield and then that armor, and like I tell you, man, unless you're there, you don't hear how hard. And he's they hit hard. Huh? He's trying to break it. Yeah. I mean, definitely, they don't care. They're trying to break it because hey, that's gonna yeah. add some value to the show and mm-hmm. some excitement, you know. They're they're definitely trying out there to destroy your blade, mm-hmm. and when it came through with no damage, I was like, man, this is I'm looking good. I'm looking good, you know. Yeah, the judge says, breathe, Tony. Yeah, dude. It, you're like, oh, thank God. Yeah, because your was, your blade hit held up. It held up. He was impressed. It was it held up really well, you know. Yeah. And um, awesome. and and his did as well, but he had already taken that that more of a warp in yeah. the first test. Mm-hmm. So so we we're still looking good, but it could still go the other way, you know, because right. his hand his handle was was a little more manageable than mine. So mm-hmm. we were really neck and neck, you know? And then mm-hmm. the, the last test was the sharpness test. And we performed equally on that one too. And I was like, damn, man, this is going to be hard. When we went back to, uh, when they let us, they say, hey, step off the forge floor so we can make a decision, we took off, right? And on the way back to the trailers, he was going, I think you got me, man, because of that warp. I said, I don't know, bro. I've seen people go because of the handle, you know? Yeah. You know, yeah. the handle... I go do we're neck and neck and we didn't really we did not know who was gonna win, you know. Yeah it, it I was, bet you he was regretting it because he he said he got it done early, plenty yeah, of time. He
1: did. And he tried to smooth it, he tried to you know fix the warp out and try to like massage it a little bit and he, I bet you in his mind should just redid the whole thing. I guarantee you man. the whole thing should have been you. Yeah. Anyways, you win. Yeah. Anyways, I win,
2: bro. And I come home, you know, I was like champion. It was awesome, man. It was a great yeah. feeling. You know, it was, to me, it was a great accomplishment. You know, I was like yeah, in a short time in a short time. Yeah. yeah you know what I mean? <laughs>
1: that's just it that just shows your work ethic, man. And your drive to do it, build it the right way the first time, you know, and using your tools and what was, you know, what, what you trained in before you got there to get mm-hmm. it done. It's awesome. Yeah. No, dude. So how much
2: money did you win? Uh, Ten grand. How much did you take home? Well, I got to I got to <laughs> report it. So they gave me the ten grand. Oh, they you know, did? Yeah, they gave me the whole ten grand. <laughs> I thought they were gonna take out taxes, you know. They but, yeah, they gave you the whole thing. Yeah, they gave me the whole ten. I gotta report it, you know. So I was like, all right, whatever. Right on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, man. Thanks. Awesome
1: job. Super awesome. Thank you, brother. Yeah, if anybody hasn't seen the episode, go check it out. That's um ep- uh season it's, eight, episode twenty five. Correct. On the
2: history channel. On the history channel, yeah. Or's in fire. Yeah, you just go on demand and uh search it that way. Yeah. You know, it's it's on there already. Yeah. Know? See, yeah, it's See a Southern cool. California local boy. Hell yeah. Ring, <laughs> Journey midlineman. Bring it back to California. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Whoop up on and get those blades built, man. It's awesome. Yeah, dude. Congratulations, really happy. Thanks, brother. Congratulations. Hey, we're gonna take a little little producer pause with Paul.
0: Yeah, let's do it. Uh last thing real quick though. Um, roll before yeah, I jump out. No, absolutely. Uh we talked about Chris. And yeah. I, I th- oh, good call. Thank I, you. I think this goes in back to your your leadership style and and how how you know what it means to to show to pay it forward. Uh, Chris is uh, eight year old. He said, or, "Or yeah, he's eight. I think eight
2: or nine. Neighbor. The neighbor. Yeah, How do you yeah mean, he's my neighbor. He's neighbor. Your
0: neighbor. Yeah. And, and he's cool. you, you show him on the videos, and the the kid is just you could see he's just engaged and he's looking up to you. And you take the time and, and you understand like this kid is learning a trade that is dying. Essentially there's, I mean, a few and far between bladesmiths, right? It's just a hobby or, yeah. I mean, obviously there's, there's full time, but the kid is super excited. Uh, he, he enjoys it and you're taking the time to show that you're not, you're not, it's just, it's just a beautiful thing to watch and you showcase it. And the, I love the kid, you know, showing his diagram and he's so proud of it. And it, it's just awesome, man. And for you to take the time out and show this kid what it's about and and, and Give him a crash course and, and, and have access to your
2: brain and show him the tools that it takes. Uh, yeah, I think it's awesome. Yeah, I know. He's, he's really a great kid. He's got a great imagination. And uh, he has that willingness to learn. He really does. And And at first, when he said, hey, I want to build something, whatever, I was like, okay, let's do it. And I thought, you know, it'll probably fizzle out. But it didn't. And he's got work boots now. I mean, yeah. I, I sent him home one day because he came in sandals. I sent him home. I said, you're going to go get some shoes on, bro. You can't be in here with, with sandals. And he didn't, have, he didn't have work boots. So he came back with one of his cousin's uh, cowboy boots, and they were like size – I mean, I don't know what size they are, but three or four sizes too big. It's too big for him. But they yeah. were boots, and yeah. he came back in those boots – you know, like a clown. You know, big old, yeah. big old, big old <laughs> foot. And he came back in those boots so he could be in the shop. He, so he could, work.
0: he could have packed it in, and be like sandals, like I'm done. Yeah, yeah. like Tony's, no, like, Tony's he, being hard on me.
2: He came right back, man. Like, I'm and, a, yeah, that's awesome, and yeah, dude. That's, so so far, he's built. Uh, I haven't, I haven't shown the second knife that he built because you guys won't believe it once you see it, man. I mean, honestly, he he did all the forging, he did all the hammer work, and I did the finish work. So sure, sure. you know, yeah. so it's not 100 percent him, but he's. He did. He's doing it. He did it because I can't allow him on the grinder yet. He's still learning. Sure, you know I don't want him to get hurt. So Tony, that's that's um, just really really remarkable. Really cool, man. Wait till I I show you guys that. I I just
1: I find you take the time to help out a neighbor kid just to learn a new trade, a new craft, and that's awesome, Paul. I think you know. No, it's great. It's it's touching to see it, and the kid the
0: kid is super excited. He loves. it. he he, he totally looks up to Tony, and he looks up to the 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 process. To to have those values at such a young age. It's it's incredible. So yeah. we need we need more people tutoring or or taking people under wing. mentally. he's gonna,
2: he's going to be good. He's that's awesome. Good. Yeah. All
0: right, here we go. Um, as you guys know, pause with producer Paul. Uh, I got a few questions that are, are the uh, the talk of the town here, and then uh, we got. <laughs> are some- you, Are you
2: familiar with this? The uh, viewers' questions or the which questions? Both you or just. <laughs> just throw out whatever. Yeah, we can yeah. we can skip this. Ah, nah, just do go it right no, into no, the Instagram no, questions. No. I can I can do it all, bro. Don't <laughs> worry about it. <laughs> all right, here we go. Of course you can. You these
0: are dot.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Come on. All
0: right, these are my questions. Uh we'll go with uh Tony first. Uh what is your dream car?
2: Uh brother I already had it, and it's I a sold Porsche. it. Yeah, Porsche 911. I know that. Yeah. Porsche for him. Yeah, but but definitely, um, and the reason I sold mine is because I needed more room for the garage. Yeah. And I, the car can't sit outside. What year, though? Uh, the year I want will mm-hmm. be the 993 model, which is the last model that was air-cooled. because they're water-cooled. Starting in 99, they started water-cooling them. What color? So, um, I don't know yet, dude. <laughs> It'd probably be silver or red. Silver but red. Uh, But definitely an air-cooled Porsche. Um, nice. nineteen ninety eight and down. Nice, but it, cool. preferably the last year that it was air cooled, which was ninety eight. That's that's a gem right there. Right, awesome. Yeah,
0: I roll your same question. Dream car. You're getting easy on
1: these questions.
2: No, I just <laughs> cre-
1: creative. How about that? The creative. Yeah. So I'm a classic guy. I think I got to go. My dream car's got to be the um, sixty six or sixty seven Chevelle.
0: White. White? Huh. Yeah. That's a, is that the cream classic cream interior? Cream interior. Yep. Man, That's man. a beautiful car. And beautiful car. Yeah, and
1: if I can get that, that would be ideal for me. And yeah, with the 396, 396 you know, Super Sport. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. The rally wheels. Oh, yeah. Forget about it. Little All dice right. hanging from the oh, rearview right. mirror. Yeah. Oh, man. no yeah, Why not? <laughs> the old knob
0: stereo, man. <laughs> just cruising. We'll go, we'll go back to the LBC with Tony. <laughs> yeah. Back to the motherland. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> pick up Vic.
2: Pick up yeah, Vic. Yeah, pick up Vic oh, on the way. Man.
1: <laughs> now we're talking.
0: All right. You got ready for the next question? Let's do it. I right, roll. I'm going first. You sweating yet? There you go. Just give me the question. <laughs> Jesus. He loves this part. <laughs> what was a better movie series? Rocky or Indiana Jones?
1: Oh, my gosh, dude. I mean, I got to go with Indiana Jones. But Rocky's right there for me, too. I love Rocky. So, <laughs> so I, tough. Huh? It's so tough. I, I mean, I love them all. And if my, I, my family's listening, they're going to say, it's got to be Rocky. But... I you know Indiana Jones has got a soft spot <laughs> I think Rocky's the one that could could just kind of
0: even as a man you're still like ah yeah I still like Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah
1: this the, the hard work, the struggle, the uh, this, the, underdog, the story, the yeah. underdog. Yeah, absolutely. Let's
2: go with Rocky. Tony, what do yeah, you think? I'm 100% on board with Rocky, man. There we go. You know, but just the early ones, you know. Once, you know, after the after Russian. Clubber Lane, you know. After the Russian yeah, and after Drago, <laughs> it got kind of weird, you know. I mean, like the old Tommy Morrison one, you know, that was by that time I was out of it. That I was it. I was huh? tuned out, you that know. Yeah, Mickey too. Those were just classic. Those yeah, classic dude, you know, old Mickey dying, you know, Clubber Lane throws him around and dies. <laughs> that was kind of screwed up. Tommy you know? Gunn up. getting
0: punched into the, the big truck. <laughs> the big truck. I know, right? Such class It was classic. just acting back then and there was not a lot of not a lot yeah. of uh CGI and stuff like that. All right, before I get all crazy. All right. Uh Tony, we'll go for, with you. Uh, what is the most useless,
2: useless talent you have? Uh, my uh, retention of useless information. And <laughs> I, you know what? It's, I don't think it's useless to me. It might be to others because they think I'm lying and I'm throwing out like shit like they have never heard. But I heard it, you know, 15 years ago and it's the absolute truth. You know? Yeah. You know what I mean? And it I, to me, it's not useless, but for a lot of people, it's useless, but I got a lot of it, bro. Let's try good. me out. Let's go. <laughs> All right, Roll, uh, what do you got? What's your most
0: useless talent? Oh, man. I don't know. Um, I could whistle pretty good.
1: It's pretty annoying, though.
0: Are you do the loud can yeah, finger whistle? I, I can
1: do a, yeah, I can do the family whistle. You know, we got the whistle that if we get lost, yeah. you know what I mean? That's a good talent, In actually, because you know I mean? can't do that. That's probably the only good part about my whistling, you know, <laughs> is when I get lost in the store with my family, I just hit that whistle, that certain whistle, they and they're come. like, we're well, they, over here, you know,
2: um, but any other whistle I can do is pretty useless. Uh, you can, you can in, in, in the Mexican culture, you can mother F a person with a whistle. <laughs> you know, the way you do it. <laughs> I don't know how to do it, though. <laughs> oh, man, this is good. Go. What about you? You
0: ain't getting out of this one. What? What's your useless talent? I wiggle, wiggle my ears. You can move your ears? Yeah, that's useless.
1: <laughs> Don't ask me how. We got to put you in Josh Gear in a room because he can do it too. Oh, it's pretty yeah. good. Oh, yeah. It's you guys a... got to go at it. Yeah, <laughs> like uh,
0: your ears are not moving enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My ears move more. All right, here we go. Uh, last question of mine, and we'll go with roll. Go for it. All right. Um, it's very traditional to name a boat. Uh, mm-hmm. What would you name your boat? Um, change order. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> Just that's because good. I'm a boss.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's cool. There you go. And right. maybe the trailer would be purchase order. <laughs>
2: <laughs> purchase order, change order. There you
0: go. They'd be like, oh, he's the last fire, right? That's I can't believe cool. I, I came up with that. That's pretty cool.
2: Antonio, what you got? I would have to be dues paid, man. Oh. oh man, you got to go out there and get it. You, you got to go out there and get it. You know, you're not going to, if you want to be successful, Go out and pay those dues, man. <laughs> yeah, that's you know? good. Well said.
0: All right, here we go. We have some questions for Tony. Uh, questions from the gram. Uh, Tony lit up the uh, the question board here. All right, here we go. First one. From It's Caden, uh, spelled with the three, uh, what made you get into line work? I know you covered this a little bit. Uh, is there anything you missed? Anything you want to add to getting into line work? I know uh, it's kind of like a peer thing. And,
2: uh, yeah, I mean, initially it started, like like I said, my best friend's father was a lineman, and... um he told us about the trade early on in, when we were in high school, just prepping us to to start thinking about life after high school. Right. And, and um, and as I went through life and, you know, the early, you know, my early twenties and then started researching more of the trade, I started seeing that it was really a cool thing to do, you know, and it yeah. was, it, it was just that, you know, I, I didn't really know much more than that, that it seemed pretty dang cool, you know? And, and that was it that sparked it. And then once I started working in it, you know, it was over, it was over, man. Big shout out to Gable Bruto, you know the Alaskan dude. That guy mm-hmm. took me under his wing. He said, "Hey, you want to dig holes with these fellas, or you want to go run a handline?" I'm like, "Run a handline." He goes, "Get your sh- get your rigging and let's, let's go." Let's go. You know, and that was it. You know. Yeah. Perfect. Absolutely. Cool. Thank you. Cool. Uh, thanks for this
0: question, buddy. We're gonna send you some swag. Uh, next question from George M. Uh, is it true you were casted for Life on the Line? But lost the role to John Travolta. <laughs> if if
2: that's Beetle, George M. I love If that. it's Mario, does it say Mario? It says George. M George M. If that's Beetle, t- asking that question, that that's just like Beetle to do that. Uh, no, as a matter of fact, uh, me and uh, John Travolta were actually really good friends, and uh, <laughs> and. Uh, we actually had a dance off, and he took it. Yeah, he did take the sh- he took the show.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's uh, that movie's. Uh, yeah, kind of, kind of. Oh god, it's Don't check it in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> there right, you go. From uh, Arcinco knives, he asks, "Where does your inspiration come f- from
2: to design a knife?" Uh, when I'm designing a knife, it, actually, I draw a lot, a lot from uh, from makers, and, and and I try to see what everyone's doing, and because you could draw something and someone already drew it, you know. So when I look at other stuff, you know, I, I, I gauge, okay, I can't do that. I can't do this. I can't do that. And then I start flowing, you know, mm-hmm. and start start trying to draw something. But I, I, I mainly gauge it on what other people are doing because I want to be just that much different, you know. I, I try to be, you know. Right. And, and, and it's hard because a lot of knives do look alike. They got to have something, you know, something different, you know. I've made some Skinner knives. I put date nails in them. Make them a little more different, you know. You got a date nail in there. Pick what year you want, you know. You got to. Uh, I'm sure you got a long list of, actual requests, right? Too? I do. do you I do. Requests man. and yeah. Every every knife I make, make is is to order. To I don't order, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, how long you, is that list right now? Um, yeah, I'm about thirty something deep, so I apologize to people that are waiting. Oof, you know. Wow, man. I just try to get in there and get them done, you know.
0: Jeez. Wow. All right. Next question. Uh, thanks for the the the, the question there, Arsenio. knives We'll send you some little something. Uh, next question from Kevo Productions. Uh, this will be for all two uh, Tony Go First here. Uh, where should I start my apprenticeship? Should I keep waiting on CalNav or just move on? What do you think? What's your advice for him?
2: The advice is you go sign 47, you go sign 1245, you sign, you go apply Burbank, you apply Riverside, you apply Anaheim, you go all over the place because someone's going to call. The guy that sits around and ain't going to get called, right? You just got to go after it, you well, know? Yeah. And, you know, and it it sucks. But you know what? This is what I tell the kids. Give me three years of your life, man. If you're married and you don't want to leave town, because I get that a lot. Like, man, I don't want to leave town. You know, I got a family. Give me three years of life and the world is yours. And you got to think about it that way, you know. Three years. If you got to travel for three years for your apprenticeship, bring your family with you. If they can't come, I'll tell you what. Be a good boy. Come back in three years and the world is yours, man. You know what I mean? book one. Yeah. Sign
1: book one. That's and that's would be my advice for him is go to every single JTC and apply. Don't yeah. wait for Calnev. There's fifteen hundred or so applicants at a time, and go like Tony said to go get your three years done somewhere. Yeah, bite the bullet. You know, take those three years and come back and sign book one. Yeah, absolutely, right the man.
0: There you go, Kev. Yeah. Uh, Kev Productions. Uh, two. Uh, two. Two men that they're in this industry and they uh, they're in uh, senior leadership uh, giving you some advice. Uh, I take it how are you? That's just me. What do I know? It's just the lineman. <laughs> All right, uh, Mr. Underscore J Montano, um, and you you touched on this a little bit. Is there anything else? Uh, do you incorporate line work in your pieces for decoration or as a signature? Uh, you talk about a date nail. Obviously, it's yeah. a a pole date nail. You're talking
2: about absolutely. Yeah, I, t- I take date nails. I use them as the pin where I would to secure the handle to the to the blade. I'll use a date nail, you know, to give it some, you know, some, a, a, a good feel for alignment, you know, put in a date nail, gives it that extra flair, you know, and it's, it feels good, you know, cool. and, and the cool part is I'll tell you, man, I'm giving you something. This is a date nail that I took out of the pole, which is to me, it's like, I'm giving you a little bit of me, you know, and those yeah. are coming few and far between now. And yeah, they are. You know, they're, they're they're getting harder and harder to find, you know. And I ran out of forty-seven nails in case you know. So don't ask. Everyone, everyone wants forty-seven. <laughs> I I only had like six of them, you know. They're hard to come by, but I got some old ones, man. <laughs> well, you can find them, Paul. You just got to go west to the fifty-seven. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Despite, you know,
1: single county boomer. <laughs> <laughs> it's cozy over here. It's cozy. <laughs> uh,
0: last question, uh, same guy here. Uh, do you feel like this could be something you take on full
2: time? You know, I, I I do see myself doing this full time. Um, that'd be the knife making. I'm sorry, the knife making. Yeah, um, blade You know, I'd hope to retire early enough where I could do this full time. You know, um, just and then this is advice for all the line hands, the young the young line hands that are out there. You know, save your money, man. Invest it. You know, dude, you, you got a long way to go. Uh, you, you want to retire healthy? You want to retire with some money and go do what you want, travel the world, enjoy your family, you know, just do the best you can, you know? So hopefully I can, you know, in my opinion, I'm in a good, I'm on I'm route to be able to retire literally. I hope, you know, depending on what the needs are, you know, both of my girls are, you know, one of them's already gone through college and I got one starting right now. She's going to LSU, you know, I got a UCR graduate and a LSU girl and, um, get them through and, <laughs> my turn man that's it. <laughs> <laughs> it's my turn <laughs> not so good advice there for all
1: the apprentices you know stay out of the bars don't party yeah, yeah you know be careful man.
2: I'll tell you what man Raul knows this man it's It was in you know he he saw me go through some you know and Raul came out with this too I was with you you know so you know and then you know big shout out to Alfie again because he was the ringleader and uh, our <laughs> saying was hey don't worry about it man you'll be rich on Wednesday again don't worry about it <laughs> yeah. you know and, <laughs> oh, These dudes were buying,
1: I would say, hundred dollar t shirts. Uh, it was by stupid. The, by man. the hundreds of them, it was stupid, dude. It
2: was stupid. crazy money. Yeah. Was. Uh,
0: that's the only question I got. Uh, last that's part it? of mine would be: uh, we're all recommends. Uh, you're up, boss. What do you got?
1: Yeah, um, I'm actually going to recommend the book I've been referencing today, um, "Winning" by Tim S. Grover. Um, but also, there's another book before this, "Relentless." So that's what I'm going to recommend.
0: All right, all right, Tony, you're up. What, what
2: you recommending? Um, I read this book about two years ago. It's called "It's Your Ship," and oh, it's yeah. a pretty good book. But it's this Admiral who took on the worst performing ship in the U.S. fleet and turned it into the best performing ship in the U.S. fleet. And it, and it talks and it relates to our trade because it talks about how he treated his fellas. You know what he did to get to get their buy-in and their confidence, and it, it really relates to us. You know, and to get get the buy-in from your boys. You know, and and he turned it into the best ship, you know? Sounds like a great leadership book. Yeah, it definitely is. It's called mm-hmm. It's Your Ship. I can't remember the admiral's name. Mm-hmm. Um, no problem. But, yeah, great book. Great awesome. Book. Oh, and one more other one, uh, The Heart Method. That's uh, actually my cousin wrote this book. Uh, he's a... Uh, Hopefully you remember his name. Yeah, Armando <laughs> Hart. His name is Armando Hart. He, was actually, uh, he was actually he was a professional track runner. He... Uh, He had a tragic uh, injury that stopped him from the Olympic Games, but he was on the Olympic team. He's going to be on the Olympic team. He also ran for the national Mexican team, Pan Am Games. Anyway, he wrote a book. uh, It's called The Heart Method, and it talks about um, getting back in tune with yourself. And there's there's a lot of things that, you know, when we're born and we're kids, there's instinct, right? And uh, we know how to – we learn how to walk essentially on our own, and that's just standard issue, man. It's in you. Mm -hmm. It's in you. And he talks about that, how to get in touch with that – that stuff that you already know, but as you were growing up, you picked up other stuff and, and forgot, about, forgot about mm. what's instinctful and what's inside of you and what you're capable of. And he talks about all that. It's pretty cool, man. And it's called The Heart Method, and uh, I, I'd there's recommend a, that. There's a true point to that because, yeah, have you ever seen a kid pick up a toy? Like yeah. Just pick up a toy. Oh, the way they bend and everything. It's
1: proper. They get bring it to their body. They squat down. Yeah. They pick it up. Keep close to their body. Absolutely. But then now, if I go pick something up or just anybody, yeah. we use you're gonna throw terrible your back terrible at. techniques. <laughs> you're right though. Yeah. We, we just pick up bad habits. We get lazy, slouchy, whatever that is. Whatever we're doing. That's yeah, it's and, a good point. Yeah. And the heart and method.
2: It, and yeah, the heart method. He talks about all that stuff, dude, and just how to keep your body in tune. And you know, it's it's really good, really good. Cool. Thank you. Cool, man. Great. That's all I got. You up, roll. That's it. Wind her down. Just wind
1: her down, huh? Well, Jeff, you have fun, Tony? Uh, cool. Dude, I had an
2: absolute <laughs> great time, man. We'd love was, to have you today, man. Uh, it, I love talking about this stuff. It's really cool, man. At the end of the day, you know,
1: I think it's just having these conversations, you know, and listening to your stories is pretty remarkable. And right. I've known you for a long time. I still think I'm your best boss, of course. No,
2: nah, you were. Definitely you were, bro. I'm not even joking, <laughs> Okay, man. finally he said yeah, it. No. You definitely were.
1: <laughs> no, um... So full t- I mean the Instagram question was actually perfect. So
2: full time um you can see yourself doing full time Oh yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, yeah, I do. Um obviously I need a shop. Yeah. Yeah, I need a shop because I need more equipment, more I need more and I'm out of room. You're out of room. I'm out of room. So yeah. I I definitely need to get a shop and I mean preferably it'd be a shop at your own home, you know, so I need property. And Yeah. Kind of hard in California, so I may have to I may have to leave. Hey. <laughs>
1: You gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, absolutely. So what's gonna be that next blade for you? For you? The one what's what is your what am I building best, next? Yeah, or for you? What what is the blade you want to make for yourself? Uh the next Is there that all time that favorite blade that you got in your
2: mind? Well, you're about? Well, you know, it definitely I'm gonna design I have already designed it for myself. And it's a. Uh, it'll be Damascus, of Damascus. course. Um and and I'm not into really, really shiny stuff and just I'm into raw stuff, man. Stuff that I'm gonna use. It's workable. It's you know, if I drop it on the ground, it's fine because that's what it was meant to do. It was made to take a beating, you know. Take it camping. Yeah, which we didn't even touch on that. You love camping. I love camping. Yeah. Yeah, getting out there. I love getting out there, man. So yeah, I'm working on a blade right now, and I'll I'll feature it on my Instagram. Cool. The blade I'm building for myself, you know, because I've only built one blade for myself since I started this. Whoa! Wow. It's kind of crazy, you know, because it just took off, man, and I was building blades for everybody else except for myself, you know. So. Awesome, man well thank you for coming it's been oh, fun i really appreciate it
1: um you want to let one final message or where everybody can find you i mean the yeah, list is can, growing guys so yeah. you might as well get in line now
2: yeah get in line man i'll do my best to <laughs> to help you guys out um it's tony underscore bravo underscore knives on instagram and um yeah i'll do my best to to finish them as efficiently as i can you know and, you know, just be patient you know yeah. that's, that's all i ask be patient you're gonna get a product that I'm really putting everything I got into it, you know, you're not going to get a half-assed job.
1: Yeah. That's a good segue to how I want to end the show, Paul, really quick. Yeah. yeah, I mean, quality, quality product takes, takes time. And we, in front of us here in the studio, we have a true winner and I'm going to, I'm going to reference our book back here at, by Tim S. Grover winning. And for just a final, just a final thought, whatever you're chasing in life, it's not an option to sit back, skip a few days, think about it for a month and see how you feel in a year. It means doing it consistent consistently with purpose and focus from start to finish. And when you get to the finish, you should already see the next starting gate in front of you. That's how a marathon becomes a series of sprints. Winning requires results. Results requires focus. Winning has all the time in the world. You don't. So get after it, right? Yeah,
2: that's, that's right. exactly
1: what you do, Tony. Go, out and, about get it. It. Go out and get it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a wrap. Thank you, Paul. I um, just want to yeah just thank all our listeners today for for joining this excellent episode. Make sure you guys check out Tony on his Instagram. Uh, I do want to make sure and thank our all of our promotional partners: uh, Gelco, Working Athlete, Milwaukee Tool, Alternating Current, al- Alternating Current Line Clothing. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, make sure you guys are being safe out there, being fit for duty. Always be your brother's keeper. And I would like to add and win every day. Thank you.